Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Buenas tardes, buenas noches, y bienvenidos a La Vanguardia. Para Spike no hablo español. Cohen, soy Matt Ray, y estamos atravesando las aguas turbias de libertad. Por la record, uh, me uh, habla una poquito, hablo una poquito español. Hi, conmigo, yo necesito agradecer a Stateside Cava por el Cava Babeo en este y todos episodio de The Writer's Block y La Aguas del Bayas de Libertad. Y, y hola, Sierra. Y Canadá, agua por, para Canadá. <laughs> Canadá Real. Bulavanaca. 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 Were you planning on doing Spanish? No, I was planning on doing this other thing, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I was planning on welcoming everyone to the, the muddy Americans of writer's block. Um, so guys, I, worked on the, I worked on that Spanish all day. Well, when so. you were like, no, I'm doing the intro, I'm like, okay, you're doing the intro. Um, I was guys, like, no, I, got, I, got, I worked on this. I have to do it. <laughs> well, I would just like to take a moment to thank you for joining us tonight for this very special time and uh joining us for Demageddon! so con matt and spike <laughs> matt is spike so without further ado let's actually get to this debate while simultaneously finding out if this is even going to work which it should because it has and we shall see I think that's going to be something that you're going to see Kamala, a contrast between him and Kamala and Harris. Chris Reynolds, everyone it didn't take me all to, that long. I think, be attacking Biden. He is the front runner here, uh, and he is the person that everyone's going to be gunning for. I think no, it's I working. I think, after I think this, it's Joe actually Biden, working. If I was advising <laughs> Vice President Biden, I would write a speech, and I would go over his record and his history, and I would address every single thing that's problematic today. Okay, I've made mistakes. Got... I'm a different person. Things were different then, but this... Here we go. ...change for this group of wealth. Yes, this is actually... Good evening once again. Welcome to the candidates and our spirited audience here tonight in the Art Center and across America tonight. 
We continue this spirited debate about it's the working. future of the country, how to tackle our most pressing problems, and getting to the this was of our the most pressing problem in this Democratic primary. Tonight, Would it we're work? Talk about healthcare, immigration. We're Did I'm dive so into the economy, happy. jobs, climate change as well. And some quick rules of the road before we begin, and they may sound familiar. Twenty candidates qualified for this first debate. As we said, we heard from ten last night, and we'll hear from ten more tonight. The breakdown for each night was selected at random. The candidates will have 60 seconds to answer, 30 seconds for any follow-ups. And because of the large field of candidates, not every person is going to be able to weigh in on every topic. But over the course of the next two hours, we will hear from everyone. And we love our audience, but we'd like to ask them to keep their reactions to a minimum. And we're not going to hold back in making sure the candidates stick to time. So with that business take care, taking what are they care do of, that? let's get to it. And we're going to start today with yeah, Senator so did Sanders. You watch any Good yesterday? evening to you. I did not. You've called. Okay, so I watched some of it, and they were like, "Yeah, sorry, you can't get to you on this question." Because there's 80 of you. You suspected that Americans would be quote delighted to pay more taxes for things like that. My question to you is: Will taxes go up for the middle class in a Sanders administration? And if so, how do you sell that to voters? Well, you're quite right. We have a new vision for America. And at a time when we have three people in this country owning more wealth than the bottom half of America, while 500,000 people are sleeping out on the streets today, we think it is time for change, real change. And by that I mean that health care, in my view, is a human right. And we have got to pass a Medicare for all single payer system. And not the vast majority of the people in this country will I mean, be paying significantly less for health care than they are right now. I believe that education well, yeah, is they won't the be paying anything because they'll be paying taxes. And that is why I believe that we must make public colleges and universities tuition free and eliminate student debt. And we do that by placing a tax on Wall Street. Every proposal that I have brought forth is fully paid for. Senator Sanders, I have 10 seconds just to ask right. the, and, answer the very he, direct if, question. If he made, well, no, raise taxes for the middle class in a Sanders administration? People who have health care under Medicare for all will have no premiums. No deductibles, no co-payments, no out of exp- out of pocket. Yes, your taxes will go yes. up. Are you market raising the taxes? taxes, but less in health care for what they get. Thank you, Senator. So we did say they'll pay more, Senator, no, like a lot Senator more. Bennett, we're going to get to everybody. I no, promise. Like but let me just, some... Senator Biden, promise everybody's going to get in here. Promise, Sen- uh, Vice President Biden. Senator Sanders, as you know, has oh, been calling for a revolution. Recently, in remarks to a group of wealthy donors, as you were speaking about the problem of income inequality in this country, you said, we shouldn't, quote, demonize the rich. You said, nobody has to be punished. No one's standard of living would change. Nothing would fundamentally change. What did you mean by that? What I meant by that is, look, Donald Trump thinks Wall Street built America. Ordinary middle-class Americans built America. My dad used to have an expression. He said, Joe, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. This is going to be painful. Being able to look your kid in the really eye bad. and say everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Too many people who are in the middle class and poor at least he's have not the sniffing bottom you. fall out under this proposal. 
What I'm saying is that we've got to be straightforward. We have to make sure we understand that to return dignity to the middle class, they have to have insurance that is covered and they can afford it. They have to make sure that we're in a situation where there's continuing education and they're able to pay for it. And they have to make sure that they're able to breathe air that is, is, is clean and they, they have water that they can drink. Look. Donald Trump has put us in a horrible situation. We, we do don't have, have any air. Enormous income inequality. I, can't, I had to go to Canada to get this water. We can make massive right. cuts <laughs> in the $1.6 trillion in tax loopholes out there. And I would be going about eliminating Donald Trump's tax cuts for the wealthy. Vice President okay. Biden, thank you. That is not an answer. There's a lot of talk in this primary about new government benefits, such as student loan cancellation, free college, health care, and more. Do you think that Democrats have a responsibility to explain how they will pay for every proposal they make along those lines? Well, let me tell you something. I, I hear that question, but where was that question when the Republicans and Donald Trump passed a tax bill that benefits the top 1%? It was also asked. At least a we asked that as well. dollars to the debt of America, which middle class families will pay for one way or another. Working families need support and need to be lifted up. And frankly, this economy is not working for working people. For too long, the rules have been written in the favor of the people who have the most and not in favor of the people who work the most, which is why I am proposing that we change the tax code so for every family that is making less than $100,000 a year, they will receive a tax credit that they can collect up to $500 a month, which will make all the difference between those families being able to get through the end of the month with dignity and with support or not. And on day one, I will repeal that tax bill that benefits the top 1% and the biggest corporations of America. And then we'll cage your family members. How excited do you think that uh, foreign officials are of Kamala Harris being elected? Because there'll be like treaty negotiations are going to be fantastic. You were booed at the California Democratic Convention when you said that. Sure, they're very happy. Only one candidate on this stage, Senator Sanders, identifies himself as a democratic socialist. What are the policies or positions of your opponents that you think are veering towards socialism? Well, I think that the bottom line is if we don't clearly define that we are not socialists, the Republicans are going to come at us every way they can and, def- and call us socialists. And you if are you look socialist. at the Green you New Deal, which I admire the sense of urgency and how important it is to do climate change. I'm a scientist, but we can't promise every American a government job. If you want to get universal health care coverage, I believe that health care is a right and not a privilege. But you can't but I'm not a socialist. to eliminate private insurance for 180 million people, many of whom who don't want to give it up. In Colorado, we brought businesses and nonprofits together. We got near universal health care coverage. We were the first state in America to, to bring the environmental community and the oil and gas industry to address aggressively address methane emissions. And we were also the first place to, they don't to care expand reproductive rights on a scale basis. And we reduced teen pregnancy by 54%. We've done the big progressive things that people said couldn't be done. I've done what pretty much everyone else up here is still talking about doing. Uh Governor, thank you. Senator Sanders, I'll give you a chance to to weigh in here. What is your response to those who say nominating a a socialist would re-elect Donald Trump? Well, I think the responses that the polls, last poll I saw, had is 10 points ahead of Donald Trump because the American (laughs) people understand. Because President Hillary not available for him in 2016. Trump is a pathological liar and a racist, 
and that he lied to the American people during his campaign. He said he was going to stand up for working families. Well, President Trump, you're not standing up for working families when you try to throw 32 million people off the health care that they have and that 83% of your tax benefits go to the top 1%. That's, That's how we beat Trump. We expose him for the fraud that he is. Chris has a great question. Will Biden take the bait and debate other candidates or will he act like he's already the nominee? If he's smart, he will act like he's already the nominee. That's yes. That's yes. That's what I would say. And on the other. And so all the things that we're trying to change is when companies care more about profits when they do about people. So if you're talking about ending gun violence, it's the greed of the NRA and the gun manufacturers that make any progress imp- impossible. It's the greed of the insurance companies and the drug companies when we want to try to get health care as a right Senator and not Gillibrand. a privilege. So thank there you. need not be disagreement in the party because in truth, we want healthy Senator, capitalism. We don't want corrupted capitalism. Thank you. I want to be fair to all the candidates. Yeah, they're being super aggressive. Remember when they said they'd be super regressive to like make sure they didn't do that? Reality, you might as well call them candy. Were you referring to any candidate or proposal in particular when you said that? Was that directed to me? Yes, that was your quote. That sounded like me. Thank you. It was you. I appreciate it. Um, Well, look. First of all, I agree completely with Bernie about what the fundamental challenge we're facing as a country is: forty years of no economic growth for ninety percent of the American people. One hundred and sixty thousand families in the top point one percent have the same wealth as the bottom ninety percent, and we've got the worst income inequality that we've had in a hundred years. Where I disagree is on his solution on Medicare care for all. You know, I, I have proposed getting to universal health care, which we need to do. It is a right. Health care is a right. We need to get to universal health care. I believe the way to do that is by finishing the work we started with Obamacare and creating a public option that every family and every person in America can make a choice for their family about whether they want a public option, which for them would be like having Medicare for all, or whether they want to keep their private insurance. I believe we will get there much more quickly if we do that. But wait, but Bernie, mentioned, yeah, Bernie if I could just finish, Bernie mentioned that the taxes that we would have to pay because of those taxes, Vermont rejected Medicare for all. Angry Uncle Bernie is not going to be happy with that one. I want to respond to that question. In Senator Sanders' bill, that is the transition, which merges what the two senators said. Because the truth is, if you have a buy-in over a four or five-year period, you move us to single-payer more quickly. Senator, we will get to this. We will get to this. Before we do, I I want to... Say hello and good evening. Buenas noches to uh, Senator, uh, Buttigieg. Buenas noches, gracias caballero. Why? Oh, oh, he's the. Okay, never mind. He's the Telemundo guy. You do not. Why not? Sure. So college affordability is personal for us. Chasen and I have six-figure student debt. I believe in reducing student debt. It's logical to me that if you can refinance your house, you ought to be able to refinance your student debt. I also believe in free college for low- and middle-income students for whom cost could be a barrier. I just don't believe it makes sense to ask working-class families to subsidize even the children of billionaires 
I think the children of the wealthiest Americans can pay at least a little bit of tuition. And while I want tuition costs to go down, I don't think we can buy down every last penny for them. Now, no. there's something else that doesn't get talked about in the college affordability debate. Yes, it needs to be more affordable in this country to go to college. It also needs to be more affordable in this country to not go to college. You should be able to live well, afford rent, be generous to your church and Little League, whether you went to college or not. That's one of many reasons we need to raise the minimum wage to at least $15 oh, an hour. I was like, okay, maybe he's getting somewhere that I agree with. And then he just... Been in government for nope. the last 30 years who were around when this problem was created to be the ones to solve it. It's going to be the next generation, the 40 million of us who can't start a family, can't take a good idea and start we're gonna a business. We're going to nuke student debt. Buy our first we're home. Nuke this is the everybody. generation that's going to be able to Everyone solve student loan debt. This generation Hashtag is ready don't to leave. nuke me, bro. Uh, Mr. Yang, yeah. your, your signature policy is to Yang, give get, here we go. every adult Next president. in the United States $1,000 a month, no questions asked. That's right. Uh, I think that's like $3.2 trillion a year. Next, next president. How would you do that? Sorry? How would you do that? Oh, Ooh. so it's difficult to do if you have companies like Amazon, trillion-dollar tech companies, paying literally zero in taxes while they're closing 30% of our stores. Now, we need to put the American people in position to benefit from all these innovations in other parts of the economy. And if we had a value-added tax at even half the European level, it would generate over $800 billion in new revenue, which combined with the money in our hands, it would be the trickle-up economy from our people, families, and communities up. We would spend the money and it would circulate through our regional economies and neighborhoods, creating millions of jobs, making our families stronger and healthier. We'd save money on things like incarceration, homelessness services, emergency room health care, and just the value gains from having a stronger, healthier, mentally healthier population would increase GDP by $700 billion. This is the move that we have to make, particularly in automating away millions of American jobs. It's why Donald Trump is our president today, that we automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs in Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And They're not going to like that. We're about to do the same thing to millions of They're not going to like hearing that's why Trump is president. You're supposed to say it's because America is racist. Now vote for me. To uh, understand a little bit better, so you're saying a thousand dollars a month for everyone over 18, but a value-added tax, so you can spend that thousand dollars on value-added tax. Uh oh. Uh, the value-added tax would end up. Um, you'd still be increasing the buying power of the bottom 94% of Americans. You have to spend a lot younger. of money They're for a mild value-added tax to eat up $12,000 a year per individual. So for the average family with two or three adults, it'd be $24 to $36,000 a year. Okay, uh, Congressman Swalwell, I talked a little bit about what uh, Mr. Yang is talking about, and you just actually mentioned it. Many Americans are worried about things like self-driving cars, robots, drones, artificial intelligence will cost them their jobs. What would you do to help people get the skills they need to adapt to this new world? We must always be a country where technology creates more jobs than it displaces. And I've seen the anxiety across America where the manufacturing floors go from 1,000 to 100 to 1. So we have to modernize our schools, value the teachers who prepare our kids, wipe the student debt from any teacher that goes into a community that needs it, invest in America's communities, especially where places where the best exports are people who move away to get skills. But Jose, I was six years old when a presidential candidate came to the California Democratic Convention and said, it's time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans. That candidate was then Senator Joe Biden. Joe Biden was right when he said it was time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans 32 years ago. He's still right today. 
If we're going to solve the issues of automation, pass the torch. Joe Biden if we're nuked. Solve the issues of climate yeah. chaos, pass the torch. If we're going to solve the issue of student loan debt, pass the torch. If we're going to end gun violence for families who are fearful of sending their kids to school, pass the torch. Vice President, would you like to sing a torch song? I would. <laughs> I'm still holding on to that torch. I want to make it clear. Yeah, I, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, what we have to do is make sure that everybody is prepared not always to go on, on to, to educa- for an education. The fact is that that's oh, why I propose us focusing on the schools that are yeah, in distress. The that's why I think we should triple the amount of money we spend torches. for Title I schools. Torches that's amazing. why I think we should have universal pre-K. That's why I think every single person who graduates from high school, 65 out of 100 now, need something beyond high school. And we should provide for them to be able to get that education. That's why there should be free community college, cutting in half the cost of college. That's why we should be in a position where we do not have anyone have to pay back a student debt when they get out they're making less than $25,000 a year their debt is frozen no interest payment until they get beyond that we can't put people in a position where they aren't able to go on and move on and so folks there's a lot we can do but we have to make continuing education available for everyone so that everyone can compete in the 21st century we're not doing that now Senator Sanders as the youngest as the youngest guy on the stage i feel like i so, probably ought to contribute to the generation Joe's generation. I'm all for Joe's generation. When you got, when you got so many on the stage, it's really hard to cut in at any moment. This is everything I thought it would be. Yes, the issue is free extended indoctrination. It's going to start from pre-K and it's going to go well into college. Exactly. All the way through college. Exactly. And then into adulthood. Here's Bernie Sanders explaining why, as the oldest person in history, this is not generational. So you'll notice that they're all having to stay smiling because they don't ever want to have a picture of them frowning. Right. That sums up politics. It's a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. That's not a food fight, is that's we're going to put food on your table by throwing you in prison for a victimless crime on that point part of the issue that is at play in America today and we've all been traveling around the country I certainly have I'm meeting people who are working two and three jobs you know this president walks around talking about and flouting his great economy right my great economy my great economy you ask him well how are you measuring this greatness of this economy of yours and he talks about the stock market Well, that's fine if you own stocks. So many families in America do not. You ask them, how are you measuring the greatness of this economy of yours? And they point to the jobless numbers and the unemployment numbers. Well, yeah, people in America are working. They're working two and three jobs. So when we talk about jobs, let's be really clear. In our America, no one should have to work more than one job to have a roof over their head and food on the table. That's just a bunch of, okay, that's just a bunch of crap. So then let's raise the cost of living so much that we need three jobs. Right. Because no one should have to just work one. Right, because he's offering $500 a month in tax credits to everybody. Andrew Yang's offering $1,000 a month, which is just going to increase inflation, which just means that we're going to now have money's going to be less worth it. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you're going to have to spend more money, plus it's worth less to begin with. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right. <laughs> He just asked who would abolish private health care. So no, it's my turn. So um, this is a very important issue. So the plan that Senator Sanders and I and others support Medicare for All is how you get to single payer. 
but it has a buy-in transition period, which is really important. In 2005, when I ran for Congress in a two-to-one Republican district, I actually ran on Medicare for All, and I won that two-to-one Republican district twice. And the way I formulated it was simple. Anyone who doesn't have access to insurance they like, they could buy in at a percentage of income they could afford. So that's what we put into the transition period for um, our Medicare for All plan. I believe we need to get to universal health care as a right, not a privilege, to single payer. The quickest way you get there is you create competition with the insurers. God bless the insurers if they want to compete, they can certainly try. But they've never put people over their profits, and I doubt they ever will. So what will happen is people will choose Medicare, you will transition, we will get to Medicare for All, and then your step to single payer is so short, I would make it an earned benefit just like Social Security, so that you buy in your whole life, it is right. always there for you, and it's permanent, and it's universal. Senator, your time's out. I want to put that okay, same question. and Social Security is uh, not permanent. We already know that it's yeah, going to be bankrupt in the next 10 years. We need to create more unfunded liabilities, right. and that will fix everything. And that's going to fix everything out. It's okay. Mayor Pete is gay. To there. Now, here's how I would do it. It's very similar. I would call it Medicare for all who want it. You take something like Medicare, a flavor of that, and you make it available on the exchanges. People can buy in. And then if people like us are right, that that will be not only a more inclusive plan, but a more efficient plan than any of the corporate answers out there, then it will be a very natural glide path to the single-payer environment. But let's remember, even in countries that have... You'll be taxed for it regardless, like England. Even there, and it will be free. Sector. That's fine. It's just that for our so that's quite a choice. We can't be You're already on the paying. Mercies of the corporate system. This one's very personal for me. I started out this year dealing with the terminal illness of my father. I make decisions for a living, and nothing could have prepared me for the kind of decisions our family faced. But the thing we had going for us was that we never had to make those decisions based on whether it was going to bankrupt our family because of Medicare. And I want every right, family to have that same freedom to do what is medically right, not live in financial Thank you. Your, your time is complete, though. Could Vice I, President Biden, I want to put the question to you. You were an one of the architects of Obamacare, so where do we go from here? No. Look, this is uh, very personal <laughs> to me. Uh, when, uh, As opposed to every... No one is... This is not personal to anyone, health care, by the way. I just couldn't Joe imagine Biden. what it would be like had I not had adequate health care available to me. Everybody, but just because my son came home from Iraq after a year, that his son died. But just because his son died, he gets to and, uh, play this card. No one has a relative who has died. Would have happened if, in fact, they said, "By the way, the last six Except months for Joe of your life, you're on your own. We're cutting off. You've used up your time." The fact of the matter is that the quickest, fastest way to do it is build on Obamacare, to build on what we did. By the way, begging for that endorsement. By the way, Eric Swalwell helped Joe Biden because most Democrat primary voters are boomers. So they don't like young people asking for the the torch. They're never going to give up the torch. So that actually helped Joe Biden. It was fun to watch. There's people right now facing what I faced and what we faced without any of the help I had. We must move now. I'm against any Democrat who opposes, takes down Obamacare, and any Republican who wants to get rid of Obamacare. Let me turn to Senator Sanders. Senator Sanders, you have the private health insurance system as we know it and replace it with a government-run plan. None of the states that have tried something like that, California, Vermont, New York has struggled with it, have been successful. If politicians can't make it work in those states, how would you implement it on a national level? How well, does this work? Printing Listen, endless I money. I find it hard to believe 
that every other major country on earth, including my neighbor 50 miles north of me, Canada, somehow has figured out a way to provide health care to every man, woman, and child, and in most cases, they're spending 50% per capita what we are spending. I just finished talking to someone who drove two hours to Buffalo to go to a walk-in clinic, so... The function of health care today from the insurance and drug company well, that's perspective anecdotal, but so is every story to he's going to come up with. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, his anecdotes are no match for my anecdotes. There's no data here. ...today is to make billions in profits for the insurance companies... And last year, if you could believe it, while we pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, and I will lower prescription drug prices in half in this country, top 10 companies make $69 billion in profit. They will spend hundreds what, what of millions of dollars to do lying other? to the American people, telling us why we cannot Senator, have Senator. a... Medicare. Your, your own state said no, it didn't work. Like your own state. Given the fact that it's, it's not succeeded in other states have tried. I will tell you how we'll do it. We'll do it the way real change has always taken place. Whether it was the labor movement, the civil rights movement, or the women's movement. We will, we will rob you. Medicare for all. When tens of millions of people are prepared to stand up and tell the insurance companies and the drug companies that their day is gone, that health care is a human right, not something to make huge profits off. If, if only they had known that in all the states that failed to implement it. Right, and health care is not a human right. Sorry. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, that's good. Welcome back from Miami. Jose is going to lead off the questioning okay. in this round. I don't know what happened, but we're back. <laughs> like, it's a right to be able to travel, but that doesn't mean it's a right to have a car. Like, these, are some a right. these are some expensive human rights. These are some expensive human rights. Small children in private detention centers in Florida and throughout our country. Most of the candidates on this stage say the conditions at these facilities are abhorrent. On January 20th, 2021, if you are president, what specifically would you do with the thousands of people who try to reach the United States every day and want a better life through asylum? Immediately on January 20th of 2021, I will, first of all, we cannot forget the, our DACA recipients, and so I'm going to start there. I will immediately buy He didn't want to talk about the DACA. He asked about the people in, in the camps. That's what he asked. Yeah, he didn't not, ask not about DACA. DACA. DACA people are walking around right now. He wasn't talking about DACA. ...for deferral no. of deportation for their... ...veterans who we have so many who are undocumented and have served our country and fought for our democracy... Yeah, that's no, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, they're undocumented. Place, a meaningful what? process yeah. for reviewing I, the cases yep, for asylum. Sure are. I will release children from cages. I will get rid of the private detention centers, and I will ensure replace them with public detention centers. Public detention centers. <laughs> <laughs> they're making too much money off the detention centers. LGBT detention centers for all. locking children up, separating them from their parents. And I have to just say that we have to think about this issue in terms of real people. A mother <laughs> no one else who is. pays a coyote 
to transport her child through their country of origin through the entire breaking news kamala harris does not know how to say coyote unknown peril to come here why would that mother do that i will tell you because she has decided for that child to remain where they are is worse but what does donald trump do he says, go back to where you came from. That is not reflective of our America and our values, and it's got to end. Governor Hickenlooper. I am suddenly against the thing that our party has also engaged in for the last 40 years. And actually, our party implemented 100 years ago. How do you respond? With these children? Let me get to you in just a second. I'm sorry. Governor, day one. Oh, so meek. Thousands of Men, women, and children cross the border asking for asylum for a better life. What do you do? One, day one, hour one. Well, certainly the images we've seen this week just compound the emotional impact that the world is judging us by. If you'd ever by told me any time in my life that images of Alexandria this country would sanction crying federal at agents to take children at the parking lot. Yeah. That was very hard when she went to Chick-fil-A and it was closed on one for adoption. I would call that kidnapping. I, I would have told you. Hey, hot take. John Hickenlooper says government detention is kidnapping. The first thing we have to do is recognize that. But only this kind, guys. Only this kind. Only this kind. Every other type is, is fine. Right. Any other kind is fine. It's just this one. in place so that. If you get arrested for, you know, misgendering someone, that's not kidnapping. With their families, uh, we have to make sure that that ICE is completely reformed and they begin looking at their job in a human No, you're supposed to say abolish. You're supposed to say the whole needs of the people that they are engaged with along the border. And we'd have to make sure ultimately that we provide not just shelter, but food, clothing, and access to medical care. Ms. Williamson. Yes. Yeah. So now we're providing food, shelter, clothing, and access to medical care for people coming across Governor, the border. You're right. It is kidnapping, <laughs> and it's extremely important for us How to realize that. How much is that going to cost? If you forcibly take a child from their parents' arms, you are kidnapping them. And if you take a, a lot of children and you put them in a detainment center, thus inflicting chronic trauma upon them, that's called child abuse. Who the hell abuse. is this? This is collective child abuse. Uh, Hold on, I can't hear you because this person that I don't know is speaking. It, Who is this? She's E. Jean Carroll's best friend. Sponsored crimes. Uh, is that how she... she that's... No, can someone... I don't know if she actually knows E. Jean Carroll. Okay, yeah, who is this? Marianne Williamson, she's an author. No, I saw that. <laughs> That's all so I got. So you don't know who she is either? I have zero clue. Okay, all right. Let's see if random white lady has anything to say. Paul Stewart, what about American children left without parents because their parents are in prison? Exactly. Exactly. It's okay for them to be locked up in federal cages. That's not kidnapping. That's fine. Just don't do it to the Central Americans. Right. I'm sure that's what this lady said. Gillibrand, what would you do as president with a reality? I love well, Bernie. One of the worst things about President Trump that he's done to this I have to say something. It's unacceptable that I haven't been able to talk yet. I haven't had, I got something to say. children at the border from their parents. The fact that seven children have died in his custody. The fact that dozens of children his, have been His custody. His custody. Not government custody. I would do a few things. First, I would fight his for comprehensive custody. immigration reform with a pathway to citizenship. He did this, not government. Second, I would reform how we treat 
asylum seekers at the border. I would have a community-based treatment center where you're doing it within the communities, where asylum seekers are given lawyers, where there's real immigration judges, not employees of the Attorney General, but appointed for life, and have a community-based system. I would fund border security, but the worst thing President Trump has done is he's diverted oh. the funds away from cross-border terrorism, cross-border human trafficking, drug trafficking, and gun trafficking, and he's given that money to the for-profit prisons. I would not be oh, spending God's money sake. in for-profit okay. prisons to lie. 2% or 8%, 7%, something like that, of people are in for-profit prisons. Public prisons are actually worse conditions than private prisons. The problem is the prison. It's not who runs it. Right. Democrats are determined to create prisons that are like public LGBT intersectionalist affirming prisons, but they're still playing. Uh, I, I love this. All That's of them with their hands up. Like, uh, I have a question. I have a comment. I have a response. That is the basis for family separation. You do away with that. It's no Why are we not talking to Andrew Yang? Anyway in my presidency because it is I've heard from this schmuck four times. Andrew Yang likes to cloak itself. He's going to explain how to fix all religion. Now, our party doesn't talk about that as much, largely for a very good reason, which was we are committed to the separation of church and state, and we stand for people of any religion and people of no religion. But we should call out hypocrisy when we see it. And for a party that associates itself with Christianity, to say that it is okay to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents that God would condone putting children in cages has lost all claim to ever use religious language again. Vice President, uh, the other forms of murder and kidnapping that the government engages in perfectly fine, just not, not that specific, that one specific type is bad and unchristian, everything else is fine. If, if, if you're doing it to people from outside the country, bad. very unchristian. If you're doing it to people inside the country, totally christian unless it's war that's also okay if you murder them and drone bomb them that is falsified that's fair i talk about foreign policy i'm the guy that got a bipartisan agreement at the very end of the campaign at the very end of our term to spend 740 million dollars to deal with the problem and that was to go to the root cause of why people are leaving in the first place. It was working. We saw, as you know, a net decrease in the number of children who were coming. The crisis was abated. And along came they don't want him to stop said, coming. immediately discontinued that. We all talk about these things. I did it. I did it. 740 Now look, second thing. Second thing we have to do. The law now requires the reuniting of those families. We would reunite those families, period. And if not, we put those children in a circumstance where they were safe until we could find their parents. And lastly, the idea that he's in court with his Justice Department saying children in cages do not need a bed, do not need a blanket, do yeah, not that was need a toothbrush. That is outrageous. Yeah, that, yeah. Vice President, that was the administration was... They don't need food. They're kids. Their kids are hardy. More than three million Americans. My question to you is if an individual is living in the United States of America without documents, and that is his only... Are we getting good comments that are better than this? Yeah. Okay. Depending if they committed a major crime. They should be deported. And the president was left in his... President Obama, I think, did a heck of a job. To compare him to what, what this guy's doing is absolutely, please, I find, close to immoral. Please give me but your endorsement. But the fact is that, look, 
we should not be locking people up. We should be making sure we change the circumstance, as we did, why they would leave in the first place. And those who come seeking asylum, we should immediately have the capacity to absorb them, keep them safe until they can be heard. A 15-second, if you could, if you wish to answer. Should someone who is here... He's going to get the nomination. And that is his only... He is going to get the nomination. Offense. Should that person be deported? That person should not be the focus of deportation. We should fundamentally change the way we deal with them. Senator, I, I, I want to suggest that I agree He's going to get the nomination. Said, and that is, on day one, we take... Yeah, I mean, he's following Chris Reynolds' attorney at law's advice, and he's acting like... The he's acting like he already has the nomination. Right. He's not he's not being baited into an argument and unifying the party. He's going to get the damn nomination. If he acts like that in the rest of the campaign, he's going to get the damn nomination. Boomers love that. You got gangs who are telling and non-boomers are going to be split up amongst all these other idiots. Right. Except for Yang Gang, who is going to be the next president. What we have got to do on day one is invite the presidents and the leadership of Central America and Mexico together. This is a hemisphere Thank you. problem that we have got Congress to address. Congressman Swalwell. They don't see, what do you do? They don't see it as a problem. They just want them to come. Someone is here without documents, and that is their only offense. Is that person to be deported? No. That person can be a part of this great American exactly. experience. That person can contribute. They have My a gun, and then they will the be diverse <laughs> in America, and we see the benefits when people contribute and they become a part of the community, and they're not in the shadow economy. What is wrong with his face? Are reunited. This president, though, for immigrants, nuclear fallout. He's one of the mutants from Attack of the Apes or Planet of the Apes three or whatever. Existence by weaponizing the census, and there is nothing that we cannot do in the courts, and that I will not do as president to reverse that and to make sure that families always belong together. Senator Harris. <laughs> Unless you commit a minor well, offense you. as an American um, and then you go to say, prison. No, absolutely not. They should not be deported. And I actually, this was one of the very few issues with which I disagreed with. The person speaking right now um, has locked up more um, with whom I Americans than any non-president in human history, by the way. Issue. Also, the person that's speaking has uh, blown her way to the top. Blown and caged. Which, which I mean, talk about carrot and stick, huh? To allow deportation of people who, by ICE's own definition, were non-criminals. So as Attorney General and the Chief Law Officer of the State of California, I issued a directive to the sheriffs of my state that they did not have to comply with detainers and instead should make decisions based on the best interest of public safety of their community. Because what I saw, and I was tracking it every day, I was tracking it and saw that, par that parents, people who had not committed a crime, even by ICE's own definition, were being deported. And, but I have to add a point here. The problem with this kind of policy, and I know it as a prosecutor, Senator. I want a rape victim to be able to run in Senator. the middle of a, to run in the middle of the street and wave down a police officer and report the crime against her. I want anybody who has been the Senator. victim of any real crime Senator. to be able to do that and not be afraid that if they Senator. do that, they will be deported because the Senator. abuser will tell them it is they who are If she has any warrants, I'm going to lock her up. Last night, we asked the candidates on this stage to name the greatest geopolitical threat facing the U.S. Four of them mentioned China. 
U.S. businesses say China steals our intellectual property, and party leaders on both sides accuse China of manipulating their currency to keep the cost of goods artificially low. I'll ask this to Senator Bennett to start off with. How would you stand up to China? I think that, first of all, the, the, biggest, the, the biggest threat to our national security right now is Russia, not China. And second, on China, we've got competition because of what they've done with our election. In China, I think the president's been right to push back on, on China, but has done it. Are in we still the wrong doing way. this? We should mobilize the entire rest We're of the world. We're still doing this. We have a shared interest in pushing back on China's mercantilist trade policies, and I think we can do that. I'd like to answer the other question before this as well. Do you, do you have the time? When I, when, I, when I see these kids at the border, I see my mom because I know she sees herself because she was separated from her parents for years during the Holocaust in Poland. And for Donald Trump to be doing what he's doing to children and their families at the borders, I say Thank this you, Chris Reynolds. Thank you for saying that. Yes, this guy does not know how to speak even a little bit. Like, I don't understand most, like, Holocaust. What? Holocaust. He might just be really nervous. But I'm nervous, and I sound great. There was sophisticated 21st century border security, not a medieval wall. And Senator the president has turned the border of the United States into a symbol Senator, of nativist hostility that the whole world is looking at when what we should be represented Senator, by is the Statue of Liberty, which has brought Let my me, parents. This guy is talking like a drunk Nancy Pelosi. This is not, that didn't, I mean, people applauded, but that didn't help him. Yes! Everyone shut up! How would you stand up against it? Well, I just want to agree that I think Russia is our greatest geopolitical threat oh, because the they've been hacking our democracy successfully, and they've been laughing their asses off about it for the last couple of years. So we should focus on that before we start worrying about uh, other threats. Now, China, they do, uh, do pirate intellectual property. It's a massive problem. But the tariffs and the trade war are just punishing businesses and, and producers and workers on both sides. I met with a farmer in Iowa who said he spent six years building up a buying relationship in China that's now disappeared and gone forever. And the beneficiaries of not Chinese, American workers or, or people in China, it's been Southeast Asia and other producers that have then stepped into the void. So we need to, to crack down on Chinese uh, malfeasance in the trade relationship, but the tariffs and the trade war are the wrong way to go. Mayor how would you stand up against China? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we've got to recognize that the China challenge really is a serious one. It's I'm gay. So listen, the... the, the and if you the problem China, with Yang is that he's still answering this like he's being interviewed and giving straightforward answers. He's not like doing the pander thing, which I actually right. respect about him, but it's not helping. Because, but maybe it is helping. Maybe people like that. But I think most people want to hear that Donald Trump is racist, the borders like a holocaust, and um, you know everything is a right. And right. the rich have to pay for it. And Becky Self in the comments here is correct. Like calling what's happening at the border comparative to the Holocaust is highly disrespectful to Jews, which we we discussed that on Tuesday's show. So like we have covered this. Like it is highly disrespectful. It is. It's very disrespectful. <laughs> we personally do it because it just be, for the same thing that we talked about on Tuesday. We. They do it because it elicits fear in people, and that releases dopamine and serotonin. So people come back to listen more of what you have to say. Right. And it doesn't help anything. Like, we personally are against immigration uh, control and, and border control. But 
comparing it to a massive genocide is not helpful and just it makes people feel good and people are still going to get detained and illegals are still going to come in and also is this a is this a commercial break commercial break. in addition to that guys hey will this work i don't know oh it's just going to do that okay i was going to switch to this but if that's just going to do that then we'll just do this all right Here's the other thing, guys. I don't remember what we were talking about. The the border and... Holocaust and border patrol. Yeah, it doesn't fix anything. So the problem with immigrants, for the most part, with especially illegal immigrants, is that... There we go. There's there's Donald Trump is losing the election. Uh, uh, the polling. So... When we... When... when the reason that you the, the problem with illegal immigration is that because of laws and, and regulations and taxes that make you as an American more expensive to hire, it becomes less expensive, even with the risk of prosecution, to hire an illegal. That's the problem. The problem isn't people coming here. The problems are the welfare state, which uh, are a magnet for people who don't come here to work. And the other problem is the ones who do come here to work are instantly at an advantage over you. So the problem is, in both cases, the government. It's the welfare state. And it's the uh, and it's the, the 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 regulatory state and the 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 labor regulation state. The problem is government. If you instead go, this is the Holocaust. Families belong together. That doesn't fix anything. It makes certain people feel better, but it doesn't actually fix anything. And it's going to continue. And, it's going to continue with whoever yeah. is the next president. And pretty much, you, like what you said there was. Uh... The problem is the government. And that is the problem with every single thing that they're talking about. Right. The reason healthcare prices are so high is because of the government. Right. The reason schooling is so that like uh, post high school education is so high is because of the government. The reason that everything that they have talked about so far is because of the government. And they are trying to insert more government into these things. What they should be doing is getting the government out. I mean, they won't because that's, that's not what the Democrats do. That's not right. what the Republicans do either. Don't don't mix up what I'm saying here. But uh, that's not what anybody does. They feel that the government needs to be there to control the people. We, I feel I can say this for us, we feel as though uh, if there's no government in control of these things, everything would run much smoother, much cheaper, and much, much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be problems. Like, anyone who tries to sell you on a utopia is lying to you. There will always be problems but in a situ in a in a decentralized free market uh, uh economy and society where decisions are made by consumers and providers in that kind of situation it's going to be a lot easier to fix stuff because everyone involved has a built-in motive to fix it for themselves and for the people they care about as opposed to politicians who have a vested interest in making problems worse so they can demagogue them and get reelected and blame it on someone else and and that in and of itself putting aside all the other problems with 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 government is is why it doesn't work it it, it doesn't at this point for anyone to 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 look at you and say yeah the government got us here only government can solve it it's right. a it's a mess like that's nonsense that's and right you know reagan is the deity of the right uh up until recently where trump apparently has taken that uh moniker but you know he said the scariest words there are are is um i'm from the government and i'm here to help and i'm here to help uh, yeah. 
right it's something along those lines and he's right like that that is accurate but nobody has done anything to lessen government right. and coolidge he, did he do anything to lessen government or did he just kind of taxes went down majorly and government went down but he was also a, a drug he was a alcohol prohibition warrior so no right. since like right. the so people I mean, that were shooting at the british I guess since Morgan, the people that Morgan the, Reinert says, I want to hear them talk about real problems and not buzzwords. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good luck. Good luck. That's not going to happen for the it next two hours. It is not going to happen. Unless it's from Yang. I want to say something. I'm going to anyway, because it's our, half my show. Andrew Yang is apparently, I don't have any interest in what these two are talking to each other about. Um, Andrew Yang is the only one on there. Who's just like straight up answering questions. Um, and uh, these two guys on the screen right now are definitely not going to help you with that. Um, but a- Andrew Yang like actually was answering questions straightforward and not looking to get like pander votes. And I that's probably why he's not going to do right well. He'll be president in my heart at all always. <laughs> my president's hashtag Andrew Yang. My yeah, only only Yang is is my. I'm, you know what? I'm tempted to vote for the guy in the primary. I had said if if Hillary got into the race, I would vote for him. It's I think not she's too a... late. That could still happen. <sighs> okay. Your community of South Bend, Indiana, has recently been in uproar over an officer shooting. I don't want their the votes. Force in South Bend is now six percent black in a city that is twenty six percent black. Why has that not improved over your two terms as mayor? Because I couldn't get it done. My community is in anguish right now because of an officer-involved shooting, a black man, Eric Logan, killed by a white officer. And I'm not allowed to take sides until the investigation comes back. The officer said he was attacked with a knife, but he didn't have his body camera on. It's a mess, and we're hurting. And I could walk you through all of the things that we have done as a community, all of the steps that we took from bias training to de-escalation, but it didn't save the life of Eric Logan. And when I look into his mother's eyes, I have to face the fact that nothing that I say will bring him back. This is an issue that is facing our community and so many communities around the country. And until we move policing out from the shadow of systemic racism, whatever this particular incident teaches us, we will be left... And have it where they're equally killing all of us. There's a wall of mistrust. Put up one racist act at a time, not just from what's happened in the past, but from what's happening around the country in the present, it threatens the well-being of every community. And I am determined to bring about a day when a white person driving a vehicle and a black person driving a vehicle, when they see have the same amount of fear of the police, the exact same (laughs) thing, a feeling not of fear, but of safety. I am determined to bring that day about. Thank you, Mr. Walker. No, this is not honesty. This is pandering. Yeah. Question. No, that I was think, Governor. I'll give you 30 seconds. I think that uh, the question they're asking in South Bend, I think it sees across the country, is why has it taken so long? Uh, we had a shooting when I first became mayor 10 years Because black officers never abuse authority, guys. We need more black and LGBT officers beating, caging, jailing, and shooting people. The answer isn't less government. It's a government of many different faces, looks, and shapes, and, and identities, so that we can all own a piece of murder and kidnapping and theft. I've got to respond to that. 
Look, we've taken so many steps toward police accountability that you know, the FOP just denounced me for too much accountability. We're obviously not there yet. And if I accept the, responsibility. No one knows what the FOP is. Policy, you should fire the chief. So under Indiana law, this will be investigated, and there will be accountability for the officer involved. But you're the mayor. You should fire the chief if that's the policy and someone died. All of these issues are extremely important, Whoa. but there are specifics. They are simple. This is coming from the guy and that the threatened a new the nation. Deep, deep, deep realms of racial injustice, but not the black people. Who is this? And in our economic system, Marianne Williamson, writer, party should be on author. the side of reparations for slavery for this very reason. I do not believe. I do it not took believe a that white. The average this is, is a racist. One and a half debates. It took a ran, literally random white woman to bring up reparations. Thank you, random white woman, because that's everything I've heard well, from Democrats. Got brought up yesterday. Supposedly it didn't, did it? Uh, I mean, like it was a passing comment, but oh, yeah, okay. it did. Uh, right, fair we'll enough. I'm black so, and have to say something about reparations race, now. I couldn't agree more that this is an issue that is still not being talked about truthfully and honestly. I, there is not a black man I know, be he a relative, a friend, or a co-worker, who has not been the subject of some form of profiling or discrimination. From me! Right. From me! You're the most, you were the most powerful attorney general in the country. You locked up millions of black people. From you. For doing something that you now claim to have done. Yeah, I did drugs and then immediately locked up a bunch of fellow black people. Well, I'm part black. Duh. To commit yourself to the importance of finding the, just ground. the sheer audacity. My family too experiences the fear of me to hear you and my actions. Vote for me. Of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. Oh, is this what we're doing? And it was not only that, but you built your career and reputation on giving head. And caging people. And, you know, there was a little people. girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it, it seriously. It was smart for him to look we at her, though. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General, he's California, doing the I best he can in this. In honestly, a, a requirement I, that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. Well, they lock up people and kill them. Thank you, Vice right. President Biden. You have been invoked. We are going to give you a chance to respond. Vice President Biden. It's a mischaracterization of my position across the board. I did not praise racist. That is not true, number one. Number two, if we want to have this campaign litigated on who supports civil rights and whether I did or not, I'm happy to do that. I was a public defender. I didn't become a prosecutor. I came out oh, 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 Joe Biden. Oh, yes. My city was in flames because of the, the uh, assassination of Dr. King, number one. Now, number two, as the U.S., as, excuse me, as the... Uh, uh, Vice President of the United States, I work with a man who, in fact, we worked very hard to see to it we dealt with these He's issues in the a nomination. major, major way. The fact is that in terms of busing, 
The busing, I never, you would have been able to go to school the same exact way because it was a local decision made by your city council. That's fine. That's one of the things I argued for, that we should not be, we should be breaking down these lines. But so the bottom line here is, look, everything I've done in my career, I ran because of civil rights. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. And those civil rights, by the oh, way, include the not just the African-Americans, but the LGBT community. He but killed her on that. Because it was a that was a passing thing. Every black person felt that. I was a I was a, a public defender. You're a prosecutor. You're a prosecutor. Chris Reynolds, how are you feeling about that? Uh, yeah, personal yeah. Attorney Chris personal Reynolds, injury attorney Chris Reynolds. Harris prediction schools in America. I was part of the second class to integrate Berkeley, California public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA because that's there are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of all people. I have people. supported the okay, ERA from the very beginning when Vice I ran President to the Biden, 30 seconds, because I want to bring you know, other people into this. I supported I bring the ERA from the very beginning. Nobody cares about anybody else on that stage. Let, well, maybe some of you. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that well, we, in I, fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody wants they in fact they anyway my time's up i'm sorry thank you vice president all of these things oh senator and he sanders, he's seated senator sanders i'm going to go to you on this you said on the yeah i don't care what he, what bernie sanders has to say listen focus on what people so here's what just happened because here's what white boomers who make up they're the two largest voting blocks in the democratic primaries are white boomers and black people yep black people heard I was a defender, you were a prosecutor, and then half of them heard her say, you know, it's unfair what happened 50 years ago. Whatever. That was a wash, okay, for Biden. White boomers heard a fellow white boomer say, I'm doing everything I can, and a black woman they've never heard of say, that's not enough, and they don't like hearing that. True or false, they don't like hearing that they didn't do things right. Right. He's going to get the nomination. He's, I, he, I, 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 if he continues this, he is going to get the nomination. He is acting like he's already the nominee. What the hell are these people bothering me for? I was vice president. I'm going back to the White House and finish what we started. He's going to win the damn nomination. Here, let's listen to the Jew. And that in the last 30 years, the top 1% has seen a $21 trillion increase in their wealth. We need a party that is diverse, but we need a party that has the guts to stand up to the powerful special interests who have so much power over the economic and political life of this country. Senator Gillibrand, I want to give you 30 seconds on this. Well, first of all, where Bernie left off, we've heard a lot of good ideas on this stage tonight and a lot of plans, but the truth is, until you go to the root of the corruption, the money in the po in politics, the fact that Washington is run You have 0% chance of becoming president. These problems. Or getting the nomination. The comprehensive approach that experts agree is the most transformative plan to actually take on Maybe political corruption. Secretary. To get money out of politics. Yeah, she's, she's this is, what you're watching, folks, is a, if we do uh, that, this is a job interview. This 
This is a job interview for a possible next Democratic administration. This has nuts. She's not going to be president. She knows she's not going to be president. The first constitutional amendment to do that was introduced by me when I was a young senator. Thank you, Vice President. We want to shift topics here. Senator Bennett, the next question. He's going to win it. He's going to win it. White boomers are hearing. He's doing everything he can, guys. President Obama promised in 2012 that after his re-election, Republicans would want to work with Democrats. Fever would break. That did not happen. Now, Vice President Biden is saying the same thing, that if he is elected in 2020, both parties will want to work together. Should voters believe that somehow if there's a Democratic president in 2021, that gridlock is going to magically disappear? Gridlock will not magically disappear as long as Mitch McConnell is there first. Second. Because it's his fault. That's why it is so important for us to win not just the presidency, to have somebody that can run in all 50 states. There was no gridlock in Washington before cocaine Mitch became the majority leader. We have to propose policies that can be supported, like Medicare X, so that we can build a broad coalition of Americans to overcome (laughs) broken Washington, D.C. I agree with what Senator Gillibrand was saying. I share a lot of her views. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, says her name is Kirsten. Thank you. Gerrymandering in Washington. The court today said they couldn't do anything about it. We need to overturn Citizens United. The court was the one that gave us Citizens United. And the attack on voting rights in Shelby versus Holder is something we need to deal with. All of those things has happened since Senator, uh, Vice President Biden was I in the I feel like Senate. this guy's like constantly having a mini Structural problems that we have to overcome with a broad coalition. It's the only way we can do it. We need to root out the corruption in Washington, expand people's right to get to the polls, and I think then we can succeed. Right, so as someone who has, I have MS and I deal with some muscle weakness issues in my jaw, he sounds like someone who has a hard time moving his jaw. It didn't happen. Why? I have seen what happened. And I wonder why that is. We needed three votes to pass an $800 billion recovery act that kept us from going into depression. He's going to get I the got nomination. three votes changed. <laughs> we needed to be able to keep the government from shutting down and going bankrupt. I got Mitch McConnell to raise taxes $600 billion by raising the top rate. And oh, recently, God. He's going to get the... Biden is just swinging. He is killing this. That billions of dollars go into cancer research. Bipartisan. But... Sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you just have to go out and beat them. I went into 20 states, over 60 candidates, okay, and guess what? We beat Chuck, them. We won Chuck, back the Chuck, Senate. Chuck. Thank you. Chuck, thank you, the Mr. problem with what go the ahead, vice president knows... Yeah, 30 seconds. He weakness by stopping to listen to Bennett. you have to beat him, but, but well, yeah. the deal that he talked about with Mitch I mean, McConnell yeah. was a complete victory for the Tea Party. It extended the Bush tax cuts permanently. The Democratic Party had been running against that for 10 years. We lost that economic argument because that deal extended almost all those Bush tax cuts permanently and put in place the mindless cuts that we still are dealing with today. He's making my jaw hurt. That was a great deal for Mitch McConnell. It was a terrible deal for America. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, Senator Bennett. The reason why the Trump tax cut had to be passed is because they had to pay back their donors. You heard it. They actually said those words. So the corruption in Washington is real. And it is something that makes everyone... She is just pounding this corruption in Washington, Trump. But let's grow Washington so that the corruption will go away with more power and money. And also, I have no chance. I have no chance. I have no chance. I might become the head of the Federal Election Commission. 
imagine, we're in Florida, imagine the Parkland kids having as much power in our democracy Thank as you. the Koch brothers or the walk NRA. Walk the dead imagine children. The bodies of the dead children out in the middle of this debate when guns haven't been brought up even a little bit. Can you imagine how painful it's going to be when they are? That's going to be... I might have to leave during that. Thank you very much. Sanders, I'd like to put a different question to you. Roe versus Wade has been the law of the land since 1973. When are you now getting an abortion? Conservative majority on the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's not something that she really needs to worry about. Like you'd have to get in vitro fertilization to then abort it. One of those laws could very well make it to the Supreme Court during your presidency if you're elected president. What is your plan if Roe is struck down in the court while you're president? Well, my plan is somebody who believes for a start that a woman's right to control her own body is a constitutional right, that government and politicians should not infringe on that right. We will do everything we can to defend our Roe versus Wade. Second of all, let me That's make, not, She let asked me if make, it's already been struck down. Let me make a right. promise here. You ask about litmus test. My litmus test is I will never appoint any, nominate any justice to the Supreme Court unless that justice is 100% clear he or she will defend Roe v. Wade. Third of all, that's past the li- like in packing. This the is the 2019 test like you're going to that's like 70% of conservative court right now. But I do believe that constitutionally we have the power to rotate judges to other courts. And that brings in new blood into the Supreme Court and a majority I hope that will understand that a woman has the right to control what? her own body. I'm going to need to uh, consult our personal work. attorney, Chris Whitman, on yeah, that what, one. I what? don't think that's accurate, even a little bit. What if the court has already overturned Roe and Roe is gone? All of the things you just described would be to try to preserve Roe. If Roe is gone, what could you do as president we to preserve pass, abortion rights? Well, first of all, let me tell you this. It didn't come up here, but let's face this. Medicare for all guarantees oh. every woman in this country the right to have an abortion if not if it gets struck down if it gets struck down it does not look she, that guy's not happy at all to america's women and to the men who love them women's reproductive rights are under assault <laughs> by tr- president trump and the republican party 30 states are trying to overturn roe v wade right now and it is mind-boggling to me that we are debating this on this stage in 2019. You're debating it because it could happen. Women should have access to reproductive rights. They didn't ask if they should be able to do it. They asked what you're going to do if it gets overturned. No one will answer that. Nobody's going to answer it because they can't. Because the answer is there's nothing I can do. Right rights and compromises have been made on our backs that's how we got to hide that's how the Hyde amendment was created a compromise by leaders of both parties then we have the ACA during the ACA Nevada Chris Reynolds says no I had to fight yeah, really <laughs> thank you Chris Reynolds for confirming that those are lifetime appointments right. and so what we need to know is imagine this one question when we beat President Trump and Mitch McConnell walks into the over office. One of these other people beats them. Who do you want and when the I closes to be sitting behind that desk? 
And I pull a Kamala Harris in order to get on that cabinet. Women's reproductive freedom for over a decade. And I promise you, as president, when that door closes, I will guarantee women's reproductive freedom no matter what. No one will answer the question. Look, look how upset Rachel Maddow is that no one would answer that question straight up. Which is really weird because it affects her less than it does Todd. It affects her less than it affects any. Yeah, exactly. She is the least affected person in human right. history. It, it affects Chuck Todd more than it affects Rachel Maddow. First of all, I don't even call it climate change. It's a climate crisis. It represents an existential threat to us as a species. And the fact that we have a president of the United States who has embraced science fiction over science fact will be to our collective peril. I visited, while the embers were smoldering, the wildfires in California. Forest fires? Firefighters who were in the- Listen, shut up. <laughs> I believe that it is conceivable based on evidence that climate change is affected by human activity. I'm not convinced that there's much we could do about it except all of us die because we're maybe contributing 3 or 4%, if that. And... Forest fires have been around for as long as forests have been around, as well as hurricanes. And if you actually listen to climate scientists, they are so frustrated when politicians demagogue natural disasters and say, this is because of climate change, when it's not, and it makes them look foolish. It makes climate scientists who don't claim that look foolish, because they're trying to use actual hard data, and people like her are going... The fire happened because the earth is hot. And 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 then we're stuck with this. And she's still talking. She's still talking. You're on mute for the rest of this. Well, for the rest of your talking. Okay, she's not talking. I'm still going to mute it. I just need a break. Oh, I'll listen to Chuck. Farmers impacted by climate change oh, in the Midwest. Well, the reality is we need to begin adapting right away, but we also can't skip a beat on preventing climate change from getting even worse. It's why we need aggressive and ambitious measures. It's why we need to do a carbon tax and dividend. But I would propose we do it in a way that is rebated out to the American people in a progressive fashion so that most Americans are made more than whole. This is ending right now in Canada and Ontario, where they did exactly what he's saying. It failed to achieve any of their goals, and they elected conservatives and are about to elect a conservative at the federal level to repeal it. Trudeau himself is cutting uh, funding across the board, and a lot of Canadians are hurting because in their command economy, you shut up, in their command economy, the entire thing is falling apart at that level because it didn't work. It didn't make any massive reductions in climate uh, uh, activity in, in, in Ontario or in Canada, and it cost a fortune, and it made a bunch of money for rent-seeking green companies and play people that game the system to make money, which is what all these things do. Um, it's corporate welfare, and they literally elected the brother of a dead crackhead to run Ontario solely so that he could repeal it, which he did. I want to bring Governor Hickenlooper into this for a moment. Governor, you have said... Not just a crackhead, a dead crackhead. Part of the solution on climate change. Lots of your colleagues on stage tonight have talked about moving away from fossil fuels entirely. Can oil and gas companies be real partners in this fight? Well, I share the sense of urgency. I'm, I'm a scientist. If none of these people so say I, nuclear, I then don't take them seriously. Of, of actually 
you know, suffering irreversible damage. Uh, but, you know, guaranteeing everybody a government job is not going to get us there. So socialism, and in that sense, is not the solution. We have to look at what really will make a difference. In Colorado, we're closing a couple of coal plants, replacing them with wind, solar, and batteries, and the, and the monthly bills go down. We've gone on... Wind and solar. Uh, gas companies love wind and solar because they force people to continue using the gas grid. Uh, because there are times that wind and solar are down and you have to keep the grid going and you fill that with gas. Whereas with nuclear, it just keeps going forever. So gas right. companies hate nuclear. And also, they, if, you're, if your meter starts going backwards, you don't get a rebate on that. They keep that. They keep yeah, that. Yeah, they keep that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they love, if you look, the biggest people that are pushing for renewables that are not nuclear are energy companies exxon Mobil, and 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 uh and and chevron or i don't know if chevron exists anymore um shell D dutch royal shell and bp they're all pushing for this stuff because they know that they'll have to fill that gap the large the gaps are actually larger than the the time that renewables are are creating energy they're down because of it's not windy out and it's not light out or light enough out or it's rainy that day it has to be filled by gas if these people don't bring up nuclear, don't listen to anything they say about climate change. Anyone who talks to you about climate change and isn't immediately talking about nuclear energy, don't take them seriously. They're being foolish. The answer is yes. Number one, in our administration, we built the largest wind farm in the world, the largest solar energy facility in the world. We drove down the price, competitive price of both of those renewable, renewable sources. I would immediately insist that we, in fact, build 500,000 recharging stations throughout the United States of America, working with governors, mayors, and others, so that we can go to a full electric vehicle future by the year 2020, or by the year 2030. I would make sure that we invested more <laughs> We're going to be all electric vehicles. Uh, all electric before I'm even elected. Exporter, right. not only of the green economy, but economy that can create millions of jobs. But I would immediately rejoin the Paris uh, Climate Accord. I would up the ante in that accord, which it calls for, because we make up 15% of the problem. 85% of the world makes up the rest. And so we have to have someone who knows how to corral the rest of the world, bring them together, and get something done like we did in our administration. Senator the two largest polluters are not a part of the Paris Accord, he just uh, keeps India saying and China. Our administration. He's, he keeps talking about, we did this, we did this. He oh, is, yeah, no, he's, he he's absolutely begging Obama for that endorsement. Well, he's nailing it. He's talking about we're going to return, return to the Obama years where the media told you everything was okay. And it was just these stupid Republicans that were upset. And people, Democrat voters, boomers, want that. Let us get together for the common enemy. And that is to transform the world's energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. The future of the planet rests on us doing this. Before we go, hang on. Before we leave this topic. Here's the solution. Pass the torch. Pass the torch to the generation that's going to feel the effects no, of take climate change. Pass the torch to the generation that's inventive enough. Thank you. Before we leave this topic, here's something you will all want to weigh in on. Hold one moment. Hold one moment. Just trust us on this. Somebody has a younger body doesn't mean you don't have old ideas. No, we John Kennedy. John Kennedy did not say. John Kennedy did not say. I'm, I have a plan to get a man to the moon, and so we're going to do it. And I think we can all work together, and maybe we can get a man on the moon. 
And John Kennedy said, by the end of this decade, we are going to put a man on the moon. Because John Kennedy was back in the day when politics included over the people so and included imagination and included great dreams and included Who great Who are you? And I have had a career not Mary making Williams. the political just, I just want to know. I know you're Mary M. Williamson and you're an author. Who are you? And the motivation and the excitement of people. Thank masses you, Masses of people. When we know that when we say we are going to turn from a Did anyone know that she was going to be there or is this just a pure troll where she just got up there confidently like I'm Marianne Williamson I'm an author I'm, I'm here to Williamson, I'm supposed to be here is like Cory Booker in the back like what the hell happened no Cory was in the last debate no. Court, yeah, I'm going to go down the line here and I'm asking you please Elizabeth Warren's like how did I get knocked only? out for her <laughs> can you imagine being Cory or Elizabeth thinking what in the hell is this chick that and he so could only funny. get one signature issue accomplished it was obviously health care he didn't get to do climate change you may only get one shot and your first issue that you're going to push you get one shot that Nuclear. it may be the only thing you get past what is that this first might be your chance to blow this opportunity comes one in a lifetime for parkland for orlando for every community oh, affected good. by gun violence oh and man spaghetti violence. all over Senator your shirt uh, Climate change and the lack of economic mobility Bernie talks about. Senator Gillibrand. Why did you talk Passing about Bernie? Passing a family bill of rights that includes a national paid leave plan, universal pre-K, affordable daycare, and making sure that women and Thank families you. can thrive in the workplace no matter right. who they are. That's your number one priority. Number one. And so passing a middle class and working families tax cut. Uh, that's one. DACA, yeah. guns. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you credit for the first thing you said, the tax cut. I got you. Senator Sanders, first thing, the premise that there's only one or two issues out there. This I'm not country saying there's one or two. Enormous crises. Senator we need Sanders, a political revolution. People have got to stand okay. up and take on the special interests. We can transform this country. Fine, uh, Vice you President, been, you've been in Senate for Mr. Vice President. I think you're so underestimating what Barack Obama did. He's the first man to bring together the entire world, 196 nations, to commit to deal with climate change immediately. I need your endorsement. Actually, he doesn't need his endorsement at this point. The first, the first he still does. He still needs it. Make sure he still that we needs defeat. It. Well, he needs it at the end. People are saying yes because they think he's going to do it. His answer was, "We got to beat Donald Trump," which white boomers like. We got to fix well, white democracy before it's too late. Get that right. Climate, immigration, taxes, and every other issue gets better. Mr. Mr. Yang. I would pass a $1,000 freedom dividend for every American adult starting at age 18, which would speed us up on climate change because if you get the boot off of people's throats, they'll okay. focus on climate change much more clearly. Governor Hickenlooper. I would do a collaborative approach to climate change, and I would pronounce it well before the election to make sure we don't re-elect the worst president in American history. And Ms. Williamson My with the last word. My first call is to Prime Minister of New Zealand, who said that her goal is to make New Zealand the place where it's the best place in the world for a child to grow up. And I will tell her girlfriend you are so wrong, because the United States of America is going Thank to be you. the best place in the world for a child to grow up. Ms. You know, we are going Thank to you. Have you guys were close with no. the short, at least it was what? shorter no, they responses. Not at all. All right. <laughs> C minus. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with these candidates right after this. Okay. So, Marianne Williamson, right there. 
just did the Democrat version of Make America Great Again. You just told everybody that this is not the best place to raise your children. And the Democrats right now are going to oh, be Oh, yeah. The Democrats right now, they're looking at it going, oh, yeah, Trump's in office. So, yeah, of course, this isn't the best place to raise your children. Right. But to anybody, to, to the boomers who were raised here, the boomers whose parents were uh, raised in the Depression, they're going, no, this is still the best place. Marianne Williamson just screwed her. Like, I mean, as much as she. Yeah, yeah I was going to say she just blew her shot to be yeah, the next president. Zero percent chance. She now uh, has a negative two percent chance to be president. Right. And with Kamala Harris, you could tell like she was like kind of shaking as she was doing the finger thing. Like she, when she was counting everything down, she was like one, two, three, four. And you, you could see that Biden got to her. Biden got to her really bad, really um, bad because he hit her. He hit her with the prosecutor thing. And what was the other thing he hit her on? Oh, no, he hit Bennett on the, the Mitch McConnell thing. Like, well, I got Mitch McConnell to raise taxes. Um, yeah. I love how we're interspersed. They show this, the polling. They previously showed how the polling was a joke and because Donald Trump became president. Now they're going back to, well, the polling shows that he's definitely not going to win this time. Guys, for those who don't know, uh, we here at Muddied Waters Media are pretty certain Donald Trump's going to win. We aren't necessarily happy with that. We're libertarians. I'm an anarchist. Where are we at? Minute, hour 34 minutes uh i i so we're not happy necessarily about that but uh he has the largest single political movement in the country larger than obama's was 40ish percent of people are going to vote for him no matter what he does yep the economy assuming the economy continues to be doing okay historically people presidents in okay economies get reelected uh these people are going to rip each other apart. Whoever walks out of this is going to be so hobbled, especially if it isn't Biden, if it's one of the lesser candidates, they will have been so hobbled by every other person on there screeching about how terrible they are that they're going to come in weak like Hillary did. I, it, Trump is a master of manipulating media cycles, and none of these people are, except maybe Biden has some experience with that. Is there anything in this Matt, that makes you feel like Donald Trump isn't going to get reelected? No, not 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 so far. Like right now, and again, we're not Trump. We're not Trumpers. We're not. Yeah, we're not Trump supporters, right? Right. But right now, there uh, is there is nothing in there. There's nothing in here that anybody is saying. There's nobody. Last night, Tulsi Gabbard was able. She was the most Google searched name. Yeah. uh, After the debate. And she won she, polls too, right? She won the Drudge poll and uh, the and I think she won the NBC poll. I'm not. 100%. Yeah, she won like an actual phone poll, I think. Yeah. So Tulsi Gabbard actually did really well in the debate last night. She didn't bring up economics once, which was her, which is good for her because if she starts bringing that up, that's when she's going to start getting hit. Yeah. But yeah, she brought up her anti-war stances a lot in the vast majority of america is anti-war they are tired of these endless wars and they yep. know that most of the people on these stages are just going to continue with these endless wars so she killed it yesterday she yep. hit the strong points and she uh she hit the strong points she uh 
She stayed away from anything that she, that she knew would possibly take away from people wanting to look her up, find out more about her. Right. And, she, uh, and, and she ended, she killed it. And I, she's really attractive too, which definitely helps. Does not hurt in that field. No, that does not hurt. But with, with the, Oh, sorry, go ahead. But so when you've got Beto up there talking in Spanish, then you've got Cory Booker up there talking in Spanish and Elizabeth Warren standing there sending smoke signals. I don't, I, I don't know. And just like hoping to God that anything works out her way. All of them did awful. All yeah. of them did awful. Would Jay, ex- Jay Inslee did okay, but I just disagreed with him so much on a lot. So I just, right, it's I, a matter of style over substance, right. right? So, with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard, Donald Trump is the most war averse candidate, major candidate, besides obviously like libertarians and so forth within the Republican and Democratic parties. Every other person up there is more likely to inflict war than Donald Trump would, except for maybe Marianne Williamson, because she seems like a, a hippie, and I kind of like her. She's growing on me. <laughs> she has no chance to win. She's growing on me. Let's hear what this moron has in America. I've seen Sarah, the plans that's pretty much the what I thought he'd be saying. Here. They would all leave 15 million assault weapons in our communities. They wouldn't do a single thing to save a single Welcome. life in Parkland. I'll approach this issue as a prosecutor. How are, you're going to save lives I'll in Parkland now? the only person on this stage who has voted and passed background checks, but also is a parent of a generation who sends our children to school where we look at what they're wearing so we can remember it in case we have to identify them later. For fuck's sake. A generation who (laughs) has seen... When they are killed by police because they're far more likely to be killed by police than by a mass shooter. Actually, look where the fire exits are. We don't have to live this way. We must be a country who loves our children more than we love our guns. I would like an America where no one knows where the fire exits are. Senator Sanders of Vermont newspaper recently released portions of an interview you gave in 2013 in which you said, quote, my own view on guns is everything being equal, states should make those decisions. No. Has your thinking changed since then? Do you now no, think there's a federal role no, to play? That's a mischaracterization of my thinking. Look, we have it's a like gun, the mischaracterization of where he wrote a, a fantasy about right now, gangs. 40,000 people a year are getting <laughs> killed. In 1988, Rachel, when it wasn't popular, I ran on a platform of banning assault weapons and, in fact, lost that race for Congress. I have a D-minus voting record from the NRA. And I believe that what we need is comprehensive gun gun, uh, legislation that, among other things, provides universal background. We end the gun show loophole. We end the straw man provision. There is no gun show loophole. In 1988, and I believe today. Assault weapons are weapons from the military. Only the military should be able to kill lots and lots of people, is what Bernie said. You should not be able to defend yourself from the military. Right. Or the police. But it's okay because the police will have more black and gay police because then it's okay if they kill you. Yes. Right, Senator diversity. Harris, diversity, you but you'll still be murdered and gay. Your idea is a great right. one, Congressman Swalwell, and I will say that there are a lot of great ideas. The problem is Congress has not had the courage to act, which is why, when elected president of the United States, 
I will give the United States Congress 100 days to pull their act together, bring all these good ideas together, and put a bill on my desk for signature. And if they do not, I will take executive action, and I will put in place the most comprehensive background check policy we've had. That will get overturned by the Supreme Court to take the license of gun dealers who violate the law, and I will ban by executive order the importation of assault weapons. Because I'm going to tell you, as a prosecutor, the vast I've seen ma- more the importation. First of all, that would get struck down. Second of all, the vast majority of what they consider to be assault weapons, which are medium gain hunting rifles, are made right here in the U.S. of A. So that would do essentially nothing. Enough. It is enough. And it would get overturned. There have been plenty of good ideas for members of the United States Congress. There's been no action. As president, I will take action. Mayor Buttigieg, I want to bring you in on this, sir. Gentle reminder that Barack Obama was one of the most gun-friendly presidents. Despite his rhetoric, there was actually a net reduction in gun regulations during his time as president. So if you're a Democrat, know that your party winning the presidency is almost a guarantee that there will be fewer gun, relations, gun regulations than there currently are now, unlike Donald Trump, who's actually been increasing gun regulations by executive order. Congressman Swalwell is appealing to with his buyback program. Yeah, of course, because we trained on some of these kinds of weapons. Also, but a buyback program is confiscation. Yes. This. Being the mayor of a city where the worst part of the job is dealing with violence, we, we lose a, as many as we're State lost violence in Parkland every two from or your three police years officers. in my city alone. And this is tearing communities apart. If more guns made us safer, we'd be the safest country on earth. It doesn't work that way. And common sense measures like universal background checks can't seem to get delivered by Washington, even when most Republicans, let alone most Americans, agree it's the right thing to do. And as somebody who trained on weapons of war, I can tell you that there are weapons that have absolutely no place in American cities or neighborhoods in peacetime. They should only be used against... Oh, in peacetime. You see what he just did? He said these, these, they should not be in American cities unless the U.S. military is killing Americans with them or overseas killing brown people. Right. That's literally what he just said. Number two, we increased that background check. When, uh, Here's Biden reminding people, reminding boomers of all the stuff he did. Assault weapons ban banned and the number of clips in a gun banned and so folks look, the number of clips in a gun back those weapons we that, already started one. talking about that the we number to get it done i think of, it can really it's in most gun. guns it's and zero because they're magazines but i'll, I'll give them clips number of clips in a gun we should have going way down under a biden administration should be able to be sold right. unless your biometric measure could pull that trigger it's within our right to do that we what? can do that our enemy is the gun manufacturers not the nra the gun manufacturer. Vice President, but the NRA is taking orders right. from the gun manufacturer. Lester Holt has our next question. Lester, take He's right, right that the NRA is not their enemy. The NRA loves gun regulation. Uh, the suggestions yeah. that ask maybe they could share some. Here's one that came from Kathleen from Canby, Oregon, who writes, Many fear the current administration has inflicted irrevocable harm on our governing institutions and norms, and in the process, on our reputation abroad. The question is, what do you see as important early steps in reversing the damage done? And we'll put this one to Senator Bennett. Thank you very much. What an excellent question. First of all, we have to restore uh, our democracy at home. The rest of the world is looking for us for leadership. We have a president who doesn't believe in the rule of law. He doesn't believe in freedom of the press. He doesn't believe in independent judiciary. He believes in the corruption that he's brought to Washington, D.C. And that is what we have to change. And that's why everybody is up here tonight. And I appreciate the fact that they're up here for that reason. 
Second, we've you got wish to, none of we've them got were to restore the relationships that he's destroyed he he with our allies. <laughs> I wish Europe, I was at he home right the now. He G20 last night and attacked <laughs> Japan, Germany, and a third ally tired. of ours without saying anything about North Korea or Russia. And when you've got a situation where you have a president who says something happened in the Straits of Hormuz and the whole world doesn't know whether to believe it or not, that is a huge problem when it comes to the national security. That's always that, listen. That, that is a historical going back. That has never. That has never not been the case. It's been what a hundred years. What was the the USS Maine like? We've never trusted the government, and it was actually a Democrat. As if that even matters. It was Democrats in power. In the last time we lied about a boat being attacked in a in a Gulf. It seems to be a thing. Boats being attacked in gulfs seems to be like, just tell them that a right. boat was attacked in a gulf. The weapons of mass destruction turned out to be bogus. Like we, this is not new. This is not because of this president. It's actually this president. Here's me defending him. Who I don't think he believes it either because he didn't. So he hasn't done anything in response. He did like some sanctions, but like for the most part, he hasn't like he he didn't do any war. These and people it, would have all bombed Iran. We'd all be at war with Iran right now if any of these people, except for probably Marianne Williamson, were in office. <laughs> Definitely if Joe Biden were in office, we would absolutely be at war with Iran right now. Absolutely. 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 We would have been at war with Iran like a long time ago. We have no idea which of our most important allies he will have pissed off worse between now and then. What we know is that our relationship with the entire world needs to change. And it starts by modeling American values at home. Okay, Mr. Vice President, I'm trying to be quick. We know NATO will fall apart if he's elected four more years. There's a single yes. most consequential alliance okay. in the history of the United yes. States. Yes. Senator Sanders. Don't make me vote for Donald Trump. Country. I think it is rebuilding trust in the United Nations and okay. understand that we can solve conflicts without war but with diplomacy. Senator Harris. You would bomb all of these countries. The of the NATO alliance. Senator Gillibrand. President Trump is hell-bent on starting a war with Iran. I have no what? interest on what... Yeah, he, she's... I, yeah, that's we, yeah, yeah. We, we're not going to entertain Kirsten. Every single person up there that's saying NATO, what they're saying is war. NATO what? is a military organization. They want to rebuild NATO so that they can do more wars is literally what they're saying. Making up with this? Russia and making up with NATO. Thank you all. Thank making you all. up with Russia? You're talking about how we... He said breaking up with Russia, making oh, up with breaking NATO. Up. Breaking up with Russia, making up with... In other words, more war. They're more literally... War. If you listen behind all the rhetoric, what they're saying is, I mean, Buttigieg has literally said, these weapons of wars don't belong in American cities during peacetime. In other sure. words, only the government should be able to kill lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of us and then cage and, the rest. And then Bernie said the exact same thing. So yeah. we don't need these weapons of war uh, in the hands of citizens, which yeah. means the police and the military will have them. The people, the citizenry won't have them to defend themselves if we ever needed. The biggest part of the... Exactly. The biggest part of the militarization of the police happened under the Obama administration. That is when you first started... To, it was actually started under the Bush administration when they were trying to get rid of all this surplus stuff from Iraq uh, from that, that was going to be used for the Iraq war. It happened in earnest under the Obama administration. Most major cities can do an easy military lockdown without having to call in the National Guard now because of the militarization of police. That has happened largely under either Democratic presidents or under Republican presidents with Democratic Congresses. So this is, if, if you are in favor of peace 
of anything resembling peace, you wouldn't vote Democrat. I can't say you'd vote Republican, but Donald Trump, with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard, Donald Trump on the issue of war is better than any of these people, in my mind. Right. Uh, specifically on the issue of war. And I know how to do it. Senator and I know Sanders, how to do it. He's going he's to get the nominees. One of the differences that Joe and I have in our record is Joe voted for that war. I helped lead the opposition to that war, which is a total disaster. Second of all, that's a I good helped point. lead the effort know. for the first time to utilize the War Powers Act to get the United States out of the Saudi-led intervention in Yemen, which is the most horrific humanitarian disaster on Earth. Which and started under Obama. Let me be very clear. I will do everything and I, I agree 100% with that. Yeah, absolutely, Iran, absolutely. Which would be far worse than disastrous war with Senator Iraq. Sam- just real quick. Good news is you get more time to talk, but I have to sneak in one more break. We'll be right back with more debate. So, real quick. Hey, everybody. Bernie Bernie Sanders. I literally thought you were going to Anchor FM. I was like, crap, I got to pull up some notes. Oh, yeah, Anchor FM. Hey, guys. Are you looking to. Shit. Are you looking to start a podcast? I hope so. Because I know I, am. <laughs> I know I am. Hey, we got to do this plug. Wait, we everyone, do this plug real quick. Quick plug, plug time. Where's the? Damn it! Hey, anchor to... is the easiest way to make a podcast. Is it? Well, that's great. I heard that it. Fuck. I heard that <laughs> it has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, so it sounds great. That's true. It also gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Can it distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and many more? Oh, absolutely. Not oh my gosh. That, you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. No minimum listenership. Well, that settles it, damn it. I'm going to go right now. To, well, not right now, but later, I'm going to go download the after Anchor the app after the show, and you better too, not do it now. Uh, I'm going to go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, we did that. Probably not halfway. Supposed to do it halfway, but whatever. We did it. It's done. Hey, we can't help when they talk. It's really... We know. really can't. That's their fault. We could have done that during Marianne Williamson. Although, I'm enjoying Marianne Williamson. No idea who she is. I. What do you want to bet she's the most we Googled done candidate? We Kirsten Gillibrand. That's probably the best move going forward, is just talking during her thing. So, uh, Marianne Williamson... Probably going to be the most Googled candidate after this. I don't think so. No? I don't think like if if she is, it's going to be the who is Marion. That's what I mean. Like literally, people yeah. googling her just to, not because they're interested in her becoming president, but I know I'm going to Google her after the show. Like so, uh, who Sarah in God's Brannion, name? Sarah Brannion did it for us. Uh, she Marianne Deborah Williamson is an American author, lecturer, and activist. She has written 13 books, including New York including four New York Times number one bestsellers within the advice, how-to, and miscellaneous category. She is the founder of Project Angel Food, a volunteer food delivery program that serves homebound people with AIDS and other life-threatening illnesses. Uh, And she is the co-founder of the Peace Alliance, a nonprofit grassroots education and advocacy organization supporting peace-building projects. She's a hippie! She's a hippie. She's a white boomer hippie. I love it. Listen, why not? You're going to have a bunch of white male boomers up there saying they're garbage, and you're going to have a bunch of millennial, well, 
Is there is anyone actually a millennial up there? I guess like Gen young Gen Xers up there. Why not have a, a hippie boomer be the first one to bring up reparations? Which I do you know how upset Kamala Harris was that some like unknown white hippie boomer chick was the first one to bring up reparations, and she had to just go, uh, yeah, I also, uh, I'm also against that. Oh, here we gotta let these idiots talk now. Hold on. It's made of the rich and the disconnected. I was the first in my family to go to college and have student loan debt. And so I have Did led you just the diss your family? To elect the next generation of members of Congress. My and suck. we have a moment to seize. This is a can-do generation. This is the generation that will end climate chaos. This is the generation that will solve student loan debt. This is the generation that will say enough is enough and end gun violence. This generation demands bold solutions. That's why I'm running for president. Congressman. Howdy Doody. That's who he looks like. He looks like Howdy Doody. I'm sorry we haven't talked yes. more tonight about how we're going to beat Donald Trump. I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, she wants a Twitter and only war. love can cast that out. No. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win. He's going to ignore you because he's smart. Senator Bennett, thank you. That was kind of smart, but he, he knows better than to do that. My yeah, mom and her parents know. came to the United States to rebuild their shattered lives Three, in the only country that they could. 300 years before that, my parents' family came searching religious freedom here. The ability for one generation to do better than the next is now severely at risk in the United States, especially among but they go children back? living in poverty like the ones I used to work for in the Denver <laughs> Wait, Public Schools. I, I have some questions about your timeline. I've had two tough races in Colorado uh, by bringing people together, not by making empty promises. Uh, and I believe we need to build a broad coalition of Americans to beat Donald Trump and the corruption in Washington and build a new era of of American democracy and American opportunity. This is going to be hard. Can to you do. imagine unironically claiming you're going to end corruption in Washington? Like, and like seriously, like with a serious face, I'm going to end corruption in Washington. I'm a small Trump business did. owner who brought that same scrappy. Say scientist. Say scientist. One of the most progressive states in America. We expanded reproductive health to to reduce teenage abortion by 64%. We're they don't the first want state to, to legalize abortion. marijuana, and we transformed our justice system in the process. We passed universal background checks in a purple state. We got to near universal health care coverage. We attacked climate change with the toughest methane regulations in the country. Say scientists. the last three years, we've been the number one economy in America. Scientists. You don't need big government to Colorado's do big the things. number one economy in America. I'm the one person up here who's actually done the big progressive things everyone else is talking about. If we turn towards socialism, we me. run the risk of helping to reelect the worst president in American history. This guy has got a. He is really on this anti-socialism thing. I, I, women in America. Women in America are on fire. We've marched. We've organized. We've run for office, and we've won. But our rights are under attack like never before by President Trump and the Republicans who want to repeal Roe v. Wade, which is why I went to the front lines in She's Georgia running for VP. Like never before. 
Never President, before has this ever happened. Not 200 years ago, a woman couldn't, you know, vote. I stood up to the Pentagon and repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I stood up to the banks and voted against the bailout. She repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. She's running for VP. She won't get that either, but she's running for it. I think you're right. She's going to. She's running for HUD. Now is not the time to play it safe. Now is not the time to be afraid of first. We need a Don't play it safe. Elect a white challenges, woman. Even if she stands alone. It's bound to work. A white New York senator from, from New York who's blonde. Platinum blonde. First, I want to thank everyone who put me on the stage tonight. I am proof that our democracy yes. still works. Democrats and Americans around the country have one question for their nominee, and that is who can beat Donald Trump in 2020? That is the right question. And the right candidate to beat Donald Trump will be solving the problems that got Donald Trump elected and will have a vision of a trickle-up economy that is already drawing thousands of disaffected Trump voters, conservatives, independents, and libertarians, as well as Democrats and progressives. I I am that candidate. I can build a much broader coalition to beat Donald Trump. It is not left. It is not right. It is forward. And that is where I'll take the country in 2020. I like him. I like him. He's not, I fear him, but I like him. Thank you. Well, I just want to leave you with a couple of things. Um, Uh, One, quote from a black person uh, who has the ability to prosecute the case against four more years of Donald Trump, and I will do that. Second, this election is about you. This is about your hopes and your dreams and your fears and what wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning. The police, because you sent them. That's why I have what I call a 3 a.m. agenda. That is about everything that we need to do <laughs> You to woke up by the police. The damn police came. Kamala Harris well, executed a warrant, and, and police our needs, are coming for you. you. That's what woke you up at 3 a.m. The only thing that was waking her up at 3 a.m. was the person above her being like, do you want to raise? Was Willie, whatever his name was. And giving the American family all that they need to get through the end of the month in a way that allows them to prosper. So I hope to earn your support. Uh, please join us at KamalaHarris.org. Senator, thank you. That was not a good appeal. 45 seconds. Nothing about politics is theoretical for me. I've had the experience of writing a letter to my family, putting it in an envelope marked just in case, and leaving it where they would know where to find it. Well, you go to kill people. While you go to kill people. White boomers like this, but while you go to kill people. the grace of a single vote on the U.S. Supreme Court. I have the experience of guiding a community where the per capita income was below $20,000 when I took office. Into and a your police keep killing them. I'm running because the decisions we make in the next three or four years are going to decide how the next 30 or 40 go. And when I get to the current age of the current president in the year 2055, I want to be able to look back <laughs> on these years and say my generation delivered climate solutions, racial equality, and an end to endless war. Help me deliver that. This is a pretty face on the police state. All these people are selling pretty faces on the police state, with the exception of that chick on the back, on the left. I suspect people all over the country who are watching this debate are saying these are good people. They have great ideas, but how come nothing really changes? How come for the last 45 years wages have been stagnant for the middle class? How come we have the highest rate of childhood poverty? How come? 45 million people still have student debt because of the increasing cost of government wealth in the bottom half of America. And here is the answer. Nothing will change unless we have the guts to take on Wall Street, the insurance industry, 
the pharmaceutical industry, the military-industrial complex, and the fossil fuel industry. If we don't have the guts to take them on, we'll continue to have plans, we'll continue to have talk, and the rich will get richer, and everybody else will be struggling. Thank you, Senator. And lastly, that was a pretty, co- pretty hardcore socialist appeal. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, I'm ready to lead this country because I think it's important we restore the soul of this nation. This president has ripped it out. It's the only president in our history who has equated racist and, 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 and white supremacist with ordinary and decent people. He's the only president who has act engaged and embraced. He's the only president at, at our in American history to equate racist with normal people, right. including yeah. the ones who own slaves. First president ever do that. You can't do First that one. without replacing them with the dignity they once had. Lastly, we've got to unite the United States of America as much as anybody says we can. If we do, there's not a single thing the American people can't do. This is the United States of America. We can do anything if we're together, together. So God bless you all and may God protect our troops. We're not together. of issues, 20 candidates in all. We want to thank all of the candidates last night. Seriously, tonight. it takes guts to run and stick your neck out like this to you guys it, it, and to it, the 10 last It really night. does not. Um, it does not take guts. I would, guts. Also, like, I would also like to thank the audience for completely ignoring our suggestion not to react. <laughs> <laughs> also, thanks to the Democratic National Committee and the Florida Democratic Party. And of course, thank you to everyone at the Adrian R. Center for hosting us here and our terrific audiences. <laughs> Chuck Benson. Over terrific. For Savannah, Jose, Chuck, and Rachel, I'm Lester Holt. Good night, everyone from Miami. No, we're better than any of you. Hold on. Right. I'm going to go to uh, real. This is, we're going back to, here we go. Hey, everybody. We're now in the second. This is where I need, like, a smart camera. That was what I expected, roughly. To, okay, so tonight's debate was much more exciting than yesterday's debate. Yes, there were there, there was a lot more back and forth on tonight's debate. And by this uh, debate, he means Demagedon. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're fine. Um, yeah, tonight's debate was a lot more exciting than yesterday's debate. Uh, yesterday had a couple of back and forths, but nothing, nothing in comparison to what we saw tonight. Um, all in all, nobody, like, at least yesterday, Tulsi, like, inspired people. From what I saw today, nobody, nobody's going to be jumping out there to be like, oh, my God, I need to, like, except for Marianne Williamson, but that's only because people want to know who she is. Who she is. And, In fact, right. I, well, I was going to Google her, but Sarah told me enough for at least for the rest of the show, but I'm definitely right. going to research. My next question is, how the hell did she get on there? But anyway, go ahead. But, uh. Yeah, nobody, nobody really inspired. Joe Biden showed that he is the most experienced. He is uh, the most well-versed. And right now, it's his to lose. Right yeah. now, it's his to lose. Yeah. He is pretty much guaranteed the president, uh, nom- the, the nomination for president. The nomination for president. Um, because, like, just his... His performance tonight showed he he was he was coming to play and he was coming to play hard. Yeah, I even he's God, he I hit on Kamala Harris. He oh, he he, he that was the biggest question I would have had for this debate was is 
Joe Biden, who just essentially said, I'm going to, you know, I was praising the fact that he worked with segregationists. And that's the reality of democracy is that you work with whoever gets voted in. Um, it, you know, how hard was Kamala Harris going to hit him on that? She hit him. And then he said, you were a prosecutor. You locked people up. And he did it so subtly that the boomers, he didn't alienate. See, he knows how to do this without alienating the boomers. Because here's the problem. The thoughts of the average black Democratic voter is worlds away from the thoughts of the average white Democratic boomer voter. And those are the two largest blocks. And you have to reconcile them. Saying something like, I was a prosecutor. I was, I was a defender. I wasn't a prosecutor like you. That doesn't offend boomers. Boomers might even pick up on that if they did it all. Black Democratic voters heard that loud and clear. That was yeah, we talk about dog. We talk about dog whistles for racism. That was a dog whistle for uh, intersectional feminist, you know, uh, uh, anti-racist theory. Is I defended the people you were trying to lock up. Um. So that was a that was a hit. That was not. I was not ready for that and neither was she she was like you said she was shaking a long time after that yeah she she knew that she got hit and she got hit real hard by that one that that was a tough one and then then he hit hit, uh uh who did he hit after that he michael um, bennett with the with no yeah yeah, michael bennett with the with the mitch mcconnell thing he yeah with the mitch mcconnell i got mitch mcconnell to raise taxes 650 billion or whatever it was and just blew everything out of the water on that he i he was he crushed it we talked about on tuesday you know do we still think that joe biden is the is the um because we've been saying from the beginning that this was joe biden's to lose the nomination uh that we were pretty sure he was going to win it and then on tuesday you said you were starting you were starting to think that he might not and i was saying the same thing i just said i want to see what he looks like in the debate and the first debate is going to be the one that gets watched the most. How is he going to do? I think he came out of that really well. I think Bernie came out of it better than I expected, but only for people who truly think that this whole thing is a mess that needs to be ripped to shreds and replaced with something completely different. And and that different thing being government control of everything. Um, right. And that's not a large part of the... Dem- it's not a large part of the voting base in general, and it's not all that large of a part... You know, re- Republicans like to say, oh, well, de- all Democrats are communists. Most Democrats are, are your white boomer relatives who just don't like Trump and are, believe the media that, you know, things are better under Democrats. They're really not that extreme. They're probably if you're if you're the average Republican or conservative, your views are not all that different from the average, especially white boomer Democrat and especially like a primary voters. Um, and so he kind of spoke to them while still explaining to them that Republicans are bad, but that we have to work with them because they're still there. And I did that as vice president. I was already in the White House. And when I did it, I was everything was great, like the media was telling you it was. And that speaks to uh, most Democrat voters want to return to being told by the media that everything is OK. You know, go about your day. Everything's fine, except for, you know, those terrible Republicans. And um, yeah, I think he, he's I think he's the favorite now. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's not the favorite now. He's been the favorite, but he's still the favorite now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, he's still he's still the favorite. Uh, it's still right now. It's definitely his to lose because he did the best out of both nights of debates easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tulsi did great. Tulsi did great, and 
just because nobody knows who she is, she she won't get anywhere. Because of who this she is, is, and because if if anyone, so after this show ends, go on YouTube and and look up Tulsi Gabbard's uh, appearance on the Stephen Colbert show, whatever his late night show is called. He accused her of being a racist. He accused her of being pro-Russia. He accused her of being pro-Assad. The corporate media will absolutely rip to shreds anyone who truly wants to end war in any serious way. Like, anyone. You can dress it up and talk about, you know, LGBT troops, more of them, and talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know... You can dress it up however you want. If you're not talking about, you can call it rebuilding our alliance with NATO. You can call it re- bringing back security to this planet and 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 and, and our and our de- democratic system. But really, what they're saying is, we're going to strengthen the government. We're going to kill more brown people with our military, and we're going to create more Americans with who are dead or have you know blown off limbs or have PTSD. Uh, 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 traumatic brain injuries. Um, you know, also, you know, uh, you know. I already said missing limbs. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna have all of these different damage to their bodies and their psyches from war. Not to mention all the people that they killed, who are also dealing or or maimed or gave PTSD. You want to talk about the PTSD of going overseas and, and then having to come back? Imagine the PTSD of that happening where you live. Most people in Syria, I'm sure, have some form of PTSD. So if if or Afghanistan or Yemen or any of these places that the U.S. has terrorized, the U.S. government has terrorized. So Tulsi Gabbard saying that is not going to be allowed. It's not going to be allowed. No. Bernie can make references to the military industrial complex, but he's still going to vote for any budget that funds the Department of Defense as long as it gives him whatever feel good thing he needs to have in there as well. So. It's, it, but no, T- Tulsi would be the best pick if you actually wanted to end war, which is why she'll never, she'll never get the nomination. No, she, I could see her possibly getting a cabinet position, but even there, I'm, I'm questioning. But, but not one anywhere near the military. Oh God. No. It would be like commerce or, or uh, transportation or something like that. Yeah. When uh, Bennett, when Michael Bennett was up there and he was like, the, the rest of the world looks to us for leadership. And, you know, Trump, Trump, uh, you know, Trump's destroyed, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The rest of the world looks to us for leadership. This is something that the Republicans preached in 2016. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, exactly. And, and my thought process on it back then was why, why shouldn't they be leading their, like, why are you looking to us? And, and, and are they looking to, when I, know a lot of people who aren't Americans. They want us to leave them the hell alone. Right. Stay out stay stay out of our elections, stay out of our country, stop bombing us. Stop bombing our neighbors, stop destabilizing countries and then those people flood into our country because they have nowhere to go and now we're saddled with having to deal with that like the average American. Now, I mean the average European European politicians just like American politicians absolutely want to strengthen NATO and bomb the hell out of brown people. Um, the average European, the average African, the average Latin American, the average Asian, with maybe the exception of South Koreans or tai- Taiwanese, are all saying roughly the same thing. Stop interfering with what we're trying to do over here. Like, leave us alone. Stop 
acting like, you know, you're the policeman of the world. And the policeman of the world, meaning like the guy who shows up and tases everyone, policeman. The don't tase me bro policeman. Not, you know, we, policeman of the world is in like the shooty policeman who, who doesn't bother getting a warrant. Um, that's what the U.S. military acts like. So that's really what the average, the average uh, uh, person who is not American would love to hear that we're going to leave them the hell alone. Um, they don't want to hear it from Trump because Trump also dresses it up in a bunch of stuff about how, you know, the rest of the world is living off of us and we're going to make them pay and all of that stuff because that's what panders to his base. But in terms of like breaking down those institutions and, and, and leaving these people alone, that's actually what they want for the most part. So, so, um, weigh in, let us know what you think. Yeah. The 2020 field for the Democrats. Um, I ain't gonna lie. Some of y'all's comments, Jesus, you guys were killing it. I laughed a lot. So thank you for keeping us entertained more than the candidates. Um, yes, definitely. That was great. Uh, Dylan Flood says Joe Biden is getting the nomination with a midget VP with smelly hair. Oh, because he's going to lean over and yeah. So a midget VP with smelly hair, which he'd love because he could stoop down and smell his hair. Right. So that's yeah, good. He doesn't, he doesn't even have to stoop down. He can just stand there with his hands on the shoulders. This is what Joe Biden wants to do to America. See what Joe's doing to Matt there? Right. Yeah. That's real, by the way. That I know actually Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I, know. I look very comfortable there, but I'm very good at faking it's it. Very. That's a real thing that happened there. That's what Joe Biden wants to do to America. Um, I just, I want to take a moment to praise myself for making this. I literally made that. For anybody that's listening on audio, you're going to have to find the uh, picture on our Facebook or. Yeah, go to, go to uh, muddywatersoffreedom.com slash Demageddon, D-E-M-A-G-E-D-D-O-N. You have to see this picture. Thank you. Yeah. So what are we, what I, we didn't really game out what we're going to do after the debate or we. Yeah, we really didn't. Um, it's going to be my birthday in 50 minutes. Is it? Yeah. You want to hang out for 50 minutes? Nope. Okay. I, sure, I, 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 I wouldn't mind it. My back is definitely does not want to do that. But thank you. Um, you know, I'm there. Yeah, no, you. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. But no, my back uh, is is uh, is not going to be a fan of that. But so cool. So so who, uh, we both agree that Joe Biden basically won this debate. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Who would Joe you Biden say, won today. Tulsi won yesterday. Okay. Who would you say besides Biden had like the next best day on there? I don't think that uh, Mayor Petey had a terrible day. I I think he actually did pretty well. Um, Fair enough. Kamala did not. She got Kamala I, she did got not ripped. have a good day. No, she got ripped. Um, and uh, Bennett, God, Bennett just looked drunk. Like he sounded drunk the entire time. I see. I don't. I don't know him well enough. Does he always? I wonder if he always sounds like that, or if that's a nerves thing, or if he was having an issue and didn't want to disclose it because that did not sound good. Um, Kirsten 
Kirsten did not have a good day. Kirsten didn't have a good day. No. Um, Bernie wasn't. I mean, Bernie's going to speak to Bernie's base. Yeah, Bernie but, had a Bernie day. Right. Bernie had a Bernie day. He's going to speak to his base. The people who are going to vote for Bernie are going to vote for Bernie. And if it's enough, uh, if it's enough for them to somehow win the nomination, which I don't think it will, because I don't think the super delegates are going to back him. Um, but if, if, if the super delegates back him and he gets the nomination, then he, he'll obviously get the nominee, like he'll get the nomination and people will watch him. And I think Trump destroys him in a debate. Like I don't, cause it's not a debate with Trump. You don't debate Trump. Yeah. It's you are Trump's, punching bag you say things and then the media reacts to how trump responds to it he did it with hillary and yep. and he's also not worried about winning a debate he he skipped debates during the republican nomination because that's not his thing and he's not really even wanting to share the spotlight with you to talk with you um if bernie gets in it's going to be a battle between what he calls democratic socialism and the corporatist boomer dream world that they created for us, where the government says that they're against socialism while increasingly being in charge of everything. Um, and in the meantime, being in charge of all the major companies that are in charge of everything. That, in a good economy... It essentially becomes an economic argument between the two of them. If the economy is going well, Trump wins that argument right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And they're going to agree with most everything else. Bernie can sit there and go, oh, Trump's a racist, Trump's a Trump, Bernie is every bit as opposed. He's every bit as much in favor of border control as Trump. And has yeah. been for quite some time. He he has said that he believes that you know the idea of open borders is a is a Koch brothers initiative, a, a libertarian initiative to harm the poor. That's what Trump says. He even calls out the Koch brothers. It'll actually be the two of them arguing over which one hates the Koch brothers more. And uh, I think and Trump I, the, wins that. So the Koch brothers back in 2016 said that they would not give any money. Like, you know, they traditionally give money to Republicans. And in 2016, right. they were like, no, we're not going to give any money to Trump. And they didn't. They gave $5 million to Gary Johnson. Um, I'm not going to say I had anything to do with that. I wrote a very scathing article and telling them that they should. But well, hey. You can all thank Matt for that. Right. You know, we can take, we can thank me for that poor, poor showing by the libertarian candidate. Best, um, best showing ever for libertarians. That's true. It was the best showing ever. Just 3%. imagine what we could do with 400 million. Um, I have to say we, like I'm still a libertarian. Um, but um, yeah, I, the Koch brothers don't like Trump. So Trump doesn't like the Koch brothers. Right. So now he just blames anything that he doesn't want to have attached to him on them. On the Koch brothers. Right. Which is what Bernie does. They're both going to sit there in demagogue companies, but Trump's going to do it just a little bit less and not quite as extreme. And he's going to sound more patriotic. He's going to win it. Like I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I still, I don't think 
in all honesty, anyone he, up there beats Trump. I don't see anyone up there beating the, Trump. The one that's going to give him the best shot is going to be Biden because he's going to speak to the boomers. Yeah, yeah. He's going to speak to the boomers. He's going to yeah. play on the heartstrings of, of everybody who's like, oh, his son died, you know, whatever. And sorry, that's not a whatever situation. But, you know, his son died. It's really sad. But So we should elect him president. Right, but that's... Right. He's going to play to those heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to continually say... When we were in office, we did this. Right. And just keep reminding people of Obama and just yep. keep reminding people that he was Obama's vice president. And he's going to hope that's enough. And he'll get Kamala Harris or uh, he'll get Kamala Harris or Tulsi Gabbard as his running mate in order to court the people of color and the females. Women, women. Or Stacey Abrams. He floated that. And then Stacey said, well, I might run for president and pick you as my VP. And right. which is essentially what Obama did to him, which is kind of funny. Um, he has the best shot. And that's scary if you're a Democrat, because if you picture how bludgeoned he's going to be by Democrats in what should be a, it, it could go one of two ways. It's either going to be a heavily contested race, like what happened with Trump, where it took him Almost to the, I mean, he was still was in contest. Trump, uh, Ted Cruz was still in the race even after Super Tuesday. If you look at, it could be something like that, or if the other, if the ant, if the anti Biden vote is so splintered that no one congeals that vote, Biden could blow it out really early in Iowa, probably lose New Hampshire to Bernie, win South Carolina, kill it in Florida, and then come into Super Tuesday as the as the presumptive crowned winner. Either way, the hard left, the the Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's and the people like that. Actually, actually not her because she's a shill. The Ilhan Omar's, the the Shades. Here we go. The Muslim Shades. These the Muslim Shades. Those Muslim Shades will be bludgeoning him as not much different than Trump, which is actually true. Um, but that's that's like pretty true um and he's gonna have a hard time with that because most of with the exception of a handful of never trump republicans the right is behind trump especially the more they hear the left the more they get behind trump um i think he's gonna win i i I think i think biden's gonna get the nomination i think trump's gonna beat him and i think it's gonna be it's gonna be a a different version of the and i and i and i think you just saw what kamala harris is gonna do to joe biden and Stacy and the rest of them will do it. He's going to pick one of them, and then you're going to spend the next however many months are left in the race saying, well, how about when you said this about him? How about when you said that about him? And they'll hypocritically go, well, you know, he's the best champ or whatever. I, I got news for you. I'm friends with a lot of, of I, I, I have friends across the political spectrum and, and, and associates across this political spectrum because I want to hear what they actually think and not what the media tells me they think. Right. You are not going to get the average black intersectional feminist woke uh voter to vote for joe biden maybe 20 percent of them and you need them if you're a democrat you need them you absolutely need them um are you going to get black votes of course but they're going to be like black boomers and black professionals and things like that the 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 ones that are on the streets protesting and that are, are are doing voter drives and stuff like that good luck it's not happening. And I 
I still this is it's 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 Biden's race to lose the nomination and it's Trump's race to lose the the general in my mind. But right, that's I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. After watching this debate, I think that Biden just crushed. He, he did just, way better. He did uh, way better than I expected. I expected yeah. him to I thought if he can tread water and sound and not like bludgeon himself, then he's probably still going to be the nominee. This was him making up for lost numbers. Like this was him actually going in hard as the presumptive nominee and acting like it and treating everyone else up there like it. And then them acting like it with the exception of Bernie. Cause Bernie acts like, you know, he's going to fix everything himself with the exception of him. Everyone else acted like they were the, battling the presumptive nominee. It was like the Trump dynamic during those debates. The the amount of executive orders that were being promised tonight. <laughs> like, I, I, I wish we had a counter, but I like, <gasps> that would have been so cool. That would have been cool, but th- there was no way for us to know that was going to happen. Like everybody, day one, I will, I will, um, I will pass an executive order that will do this. I will pass an executive order that will do this. I'll pass yeah. an executive order. It's like, whoa, like how? that's not how any of this works. <laughs> and I that understand have... executive orders have been just completely abused. Oh, absolutely. But they also get they also overwhelmingly get struck down when they actually go into the realm of legislation. You can pass all these executive orders that because Congress has ceded a lot of its authority in previous in previous laws and actions. So there's a lot of built in there that you can do, but like if you actually go into legislating from the executive that stuff gets struck down. That stuff gets struck down or it gets held up in court for years before you can actually do anything with it. So this whole idea of like on day one, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then you're going to fight it the entire time and you know it. Right. And you're going to demagogue it, which is all you cared about. Cause you, again, as we but talked then, about, but then they can blame the courts. Exactly. And you can demagogue it, which in a non-voluntary society is all these people care about. With Bernie standing up there and going, I'm pretty sure constitutionally we can move the judges from one court to another court. What? Which, okay, that fixes it because that means that there'll still be judges, but somewhere else and we'll be replacing them with it. So he's saying, I'm going to cherry pick the justices I want in the Supreme Court. And that's not going to happen. I, that was a new one. That's, yeah. And and you definitely cannot do that. No, you cannot do that. 100%, you cannot do that. I talked about this with um, Remzo Martinez last night. Your favorite person, Remzo. And uh, in in between talk, yeah, him. In between um, talking about our least favorite things about you, um, which was our most popular segment. Um, I don't know if that's true, but uh, I, feel like, I feel like Marianne Williamson is about to sell me some essential oils. I bet she has a line of them. I, oh yeah, you know she does. She grew on me. I'm not going to lie. She grew on me. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you go 60 somethings white boomer chick who's up there to tell people you love them. She was, oh, you know who she, oh, I know who she is. She used to be on Oprah. I've seen that because people have shared where she'll talk about, you know, 
whatever she was talking about with healing or health or wellness or something. She, I'm almost positive she used to be doing the talk show circuits or something like that. Anyway, she grew on me. I don't remember what we were talking about. I don't know. I don't know. It's but it, it besides our election special, this is definitely the longest show we've ever done. We actually capped out at four hours. Facebook shut us off because apparently you can't live stream for more than five hours, four hours on Facebook. Um, we're definitely not going to do that this time. But what was I? I was saying something really important. It was great, and I was making a great point. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to oh, Remso Martinez. You oh, were yeah. listening. Yeah, you just you didn't want me to finish. So Remso and I were talking about the fact that no matter who wins, pretty much everything's going to stay the same. Some things are going to get slowly better thanks to market involvement. Some things are going to get slowly worse thanks to government involvement. Some things it's questionable whether the market will prevail or government will prevail and therefore whether it will get better or worse. But for the most part, if you look at your life when Obama was president, when Trump was president, when Bush was president, when whatever, and you're old enough to have been an adult during all that time, how your life went had much more to do with your choices and and circumstances around you than who was president. That right. made some effect, maybe, especially if you worked in government or something like that. But for the most part, they didn't have a lot of effect. And, and, and the reason they didn't have a lot of effect is because they essentially do the same stuff for the most part. 90, they were all campaigning to change the government by roughly 5% compared to what Trump would do. Because Trump's definitely going to introduce something that looks a hell of a lot like Medicare for All, and they call it something different. And he's going to introduce gun control legislation, and he's probably going to start a war, and you know he's probably going to do a lot of stuff that Democrats would do and just phrase it differently so that Republicans like it. So... Hope you weren't expecting something different. If you really want to get scared, watch German media because apparently, apparently yeah. they're scaring the hell According out of you. Our, our new friend Jerry, uh, they, Jerry they, the German, Jerry the German. Uh, our viewership is going up. People want to hear us. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, according to Jerry the German, uh, yeah, their Germany's just. Oh uh, yeah, the end of days is upon us. The end of days. This is the worst it's been since 1938. Um, probably not saying that. Probably not saying that. It's the worst probably. it's been since the thing we don't really talk about much. Yeah, anymore. that thing that we don't speak of. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we secure the bag? No, Michael Ritz, we have not secured the bag yet. Bag unsecured. Yeah, if, and he was so robotic. He was so robotic. <sighs> Do you know what he was? He was someone giving a legit... So he's a businessman. I'm doing that card. I'm pulling that card. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. But he actually is a businessman. He comes from the world where you get in front of people and they ask you what you're going to do and you you tell them. Yeah, you say it. You say it and you put some personality behind it, but you say what you're going to do. And you don't spend a terrible amount of time on, you know, using catchphrases and buzzwords and trying to be the one who got the the because all of these people were competing to get the biggest quotes from tonight except for joe biden who already is he's he wants to be the one who you know 
continues to pull the highest. Everyone else was trying to get their catchphrases in. Bernie's got one catchphrase after the next. Kamala was trying her damnedest. Kirsten, to her credit, she had a bad day because her name's Kirsten, like Chris Reynolds said. That's why she had a bad day, because she's Kirsten right. Gillibrand. Her name's Kirsten Gillibrand. And she's running to be the next bleach blonde, uh, not really sure where she stands on stuff, New York senator, to lose to Donald Trump. And that's a bad look for many reasons. Plus, she has a history of being mildly conservative, which is not going to help her. Um... So she had a bad day despite herself, but she tried her damnedest to get catchphrases in there and quotes and quotable quotes that people could say. If you, if you, you know, when you want someone behind that door with Mitch McConnell, don't you want it to be a woman who's affected by this? She tried her best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Andrew Yang's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And this is why I think it'll be a good idea. He had his trickle up economy quote, but I mean, it's sad. So last night, I know you didn't watch, but last night, uh, Bill de Blasio. Oh God! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am the chief executive of the largest city in the world and of the largest police force, or the largest uh, city in America and the largest police force. Uh, okay. And then he kept talking about how uh, the Democrats were the party of the middle class, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, so Bill De Blasio, I didn't know this. This this was new information to me. Yeah. He uh, he. Uh, He's been raising a black son for 21 years. Yeah, his and wife is is his wife is black. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, his children um, are black. Yeah, and he was like, I have to give him advice on how to get around so that way he doesn't get in trouble with the police. You're the and mayor. Police, you're the mayor. You you're are the, the mayor. You are literally you're the mayor. Your son advice on how to get around your, poli- your, your police your police department. He has a 23% or 24% approval rating. And then he was like, yeah, that's good enough. I'm running for president. Yeah, I'm running for president. I, I've seen a lot of uh, one of my Facebook friends is is uh, a black Democrat in New York. And she was like, who asked Bill de Blasio to run for president? Like, what, what, where was this mandate that a guy who is hated in New York? He's hated. You know, again, Republicans are who's hated because he's a he's a communist, and he is a communist. Like he is straight up. If he could if he could implement communism, he would, and then immediately say it's never been tried. Um, but he, after it fails, um, he's right. He is the chief executive of the largest city of America, and he's also in charge of the largest police force, which keeps killing unarmed black people who are later found to have done nothing wrong. Right, which is that was one of the big things that you saw in this entire thing. You, they wanted to get rid of guns. They wanted to get rid of uh, a war. What was it? War weapons of war. Weapons of war. That was it. Uh, they wanted to get rid of weapons of war uh, in peacetime <laughs> for for citizens. That, for yeah. citizens, yeah, for citizens in peacetime. Does in that peacetime. mean they're going to give them back when it's not peacetime? I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess that, that the only people who get... Let, first of all, let's talk about weapons of war. An AR-15 is not a weapon of war. It is a medium game hunting rifle. You right. can argue that an AK-47 is a weapon of war, but not a semi-auto one chambered for two, two, three rounds. Like, these are not weapons of war. 7.62 NATO. That's... what. Oh, I lost mine in a boating accident. It's really sad. But uh, uh, you could you could kill the hell out of someone with one of those, though, I've heard. Um, but anyway, you know, what's a weapon of war? 
Go ahead. Biden is going to make sure that there's only one clip per gun. <laughs> Stop the number of clips in all these guns. Good job, Joe, because most of them have zero clips. So you really nailed that. The number of clips in guns plummeted during plummeted. the Obama administration. From, That's right. From a magical amount to none in most. Right. They went straight to magazines. Crazy. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that what you just saw was the softening of the police state and the military state and the welfare state and everything else, but especially the police and military states, right? You just saw a bunch of people that are like, we're going to end white supremacy that, you know, in the police state and we're going to replace it with a rainbow coalition police state where everyone's scared and everyone is arrested and everyone faces potential when, criminal. When Bernie said we need to be more diverse as the democratic party, but we need we need to be uh, we can't be gutless. Yeah. Like my initial reaction was, are you discriminating against people who are gutless? <laughs> I like that. As a gutless American, that's unacceptable that the people there are people people have. Let me tell you, you do the Trump impersonation. I'm gonna do the Bernie, which is there you go. appropriate. Uh, <laughs> three people have most of the guts in the world, and then the rest of the people are sharing only fifty percent of the guts, and that is unacceptable. Yeah, shouldn't the guts be evenly distributed? Everybody amongst- needs to have roughly the same amount of guts, and we need to have guts. Guts are a human right. We're going to fix that. Also, real quick, uh, healthcare, not a human right. Not a human right. Because in order to get health care, somebody else needs to give it to you. You cannot force this upon somebody. Human rights don't cost anything. Right. Human rights are <laughs> you free. You have to pay for human rights. No one, no one, no one has to give you a human right. Like, There are two kinds of rights. Property rights and things that people call rights that aren't rights. You have the right to ownership of your... Do I even want to go down the rights wormhole? No. You have the right to your... to ownership of yourself. You have the right to ownership of your body and to consent with what you can do with your body. It gets violated often, but you still have the right. That's why I don't want to go down the wormhole. Because we could do that. On my birthday, and I won't. Uh, not your birthday yet. No, I know, but if I start, it will be my birthday. Um, yeah. You, <laughs> This is like a, a, a whole episode we can do on this. Uh, you have the right to your labor. And the product of your labor. Because it comes from your body. When you mix your labor with resources that you accumulate with the product of your labor. That becomes your property. And you have the right to that. Because you did stuff. You have the right to you and the things that you have done. And the rights of... You have the right to things that people give you that they've done stuff with to get that thing and they give it to you and you have the right to that too. You don't have the right... If Matt's... Matt's a doctor. I don't have the right to go to Dr. Matt and go, Hey, I don't feel good. Do stuff for me for free. Right. And no one disputes that, by the way. No one up there was saying doctors shouldn't be paid. They're saying that we should all be robbed to pay for it. 
right. which is not a right. That's not how rights work. You, if you're being robbed to give some of your own money back to pay for a thing that you could have paid for better if you had just had your own money that wasn't robbed from you to pay for it, not only is that not a right, that's a shell game and, and a swindle. Yeah, when they were talking about uh, social security and healthcare being kind of the same, I think that was I think that was Kirsten. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you know, free free college and free pre K and free and free and free and free and free. How does anybody think this is getting paid for? Like, oh, we're going to tax the rich. Okay, well, the rich leave. The rich ball out. Or they stay, continue to make every single penny that they're making, knowing that they're going to have every bit of it taken from them, and it's still not enough to pay for it. Now what? Or that? I'm going to which tax they w- Wall which, Street, which they wouldn't, but but yeah, Wall Street in order to pay off the student loan debt crisis. Okay, look, I have a student loan. Right. I owe a crap ton of money for right. a degree I'm not using, unless you count this as communications, in which case I'm using it very well. <laughs> Um, but but you're not quite paying off your student loan with it yet yeah i'm not paying off student loans with this um sadly but you will we're working on it yeah we're getting there we're getting there and uh but i understand i took out a loan i took out a loan loans need to be paid back there is a reason that the federal government made it where you cannot declare bankruptcy and get rid of your student loans. It's because these are loans guaranteed by the government. And they're like, okay, well, no, you're definitely paying us back. Get the government out of college. Get the government out of healthcare. Get the government out of everything. And prices go down. Everything starts working better. Yeah. And I'm a little tired now. Uh, uh, the Kava's, Kava's kicking in. Man, I went, to the, I went to the Kava bar before. Like I got my hair cut and I was like, hey, I'm just going to go swing in for one. And that didn't happen. And uh, But uh, everything will start working better. Everything, everything will be more succinct. There'll be less red tape. Everything will be easier. And the scores will, can, will start going up. If you take a look at public education, the scores have not risen. They've basically stayed flat since we started the Department of Education. <laughs> While the cost of administrators and uh, government uh, government bureaucrats that work in education skyrockets. Yeah. The, this is absolutely insane that they were like oh no we just need to throw more money at this issue we just need to continue to pay these things uh yeah it's that that i was like how do you think this social security is going to be bankrupt in 10 years yeah it's going to be bankrupt in 10 years people if not soon if if not sooner because the 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 early retirement predictions were way off there are a ton of people who were like yeah, no, I'll just take it now because it's only 200 bucks less and I get it for six more years. Right. So those numbers are way... It could be eight years. It could be the next... The next president could be the one facing the fact that Social Security is insolvent. And that's when you want to see hyperinflation. Watch the Fed, the Federal Reserve print out notes solely to pay off Social Security. That's already started to some extent, but like really like 
They're just okay. they're literally just raising they're literally just they've they've dropped the Fed rate to zero and they're just printing out endless money solely to pay it off and, and to loan to itself. That's when you want to see inflation of prices and students not able to pay their debts back because they can't even pay for their avocados. That's that that is when that happens. And yeah. boomers do not care about that. And bo- yeah, no, boomers don't boomers care. Boomers do not care about that at all. Somebody just texted me and said, why are you still alive? <laughs> um, because people keep tuning in. Right, this is what America wants. Right, Jacob LaBelle yeah. says, you're still going. Um, America wants Matt and Spike. Um, they don't want these losers. Like Now, just imagine Bernie for all of you out there watching us still, and for everybody that's going to listen to all three hours of this. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you for doing it, by the way. Uh, Just imagine you could live in a world where there would be a Wright Cohen ticket in 2020. How amazing would that be? You could have Wright Cohen 2020. That could be you. That could be what you have. That's right. That could be what you have. You could have that. You could have us. You and dozens of other people could have exactly that. You could have exactly that. And you would have two people who would do their damnedest to make sure nothing gets done for four years. Because if we can't dismantle it, we're not ex- expanding. We can just it. we can just grind it to to effective halt. If you guys, if you like the government shutdown of uh, 2019, you would That's love great. a you would love a, a a a right Cohen ticket because we would shut down all the things and uh, refuse to sign things, and Republicans and Democrats would be so angry. That they and so at each other's throats for who was going to replace us in four years that uh, which they would um, that they would um, not be able to override our veto or I guess Matt's veto and I'd be the president of the Senate and I'd just show up every day with some sash that I had made myself that says president of the Senate and I would do my best to frustrate everything that happens in there. Yeah. Anytime there's a tie in the Senate, Spike would vote it down. I would vote it down. Anytime something passed through, I would veto it. And I would be wearing my sash the whole time. And I'm sure there are a lot of things as president of the Senate I could do, not to necessarily affect change, but just to like really make things difficult for the people in the Senate. And I would do all of those things every day. Every day. That's my promise to you. Legalize cocaine and meth and heroin. That would also happen. Well, that wouldn't happen, but we would just not appoint a DEA. So that's the fun thing. Fire everyone in, in at the cabinet level and refuse to nominate anyone to replace them. Right. That would happen. That would happen. Yeah. This is you're, our debate, fired, except we both agree fired, with each you're other. Fired. Who's replacing them? Nobody. You're now watching the Cohen Wright debate on who should be president. And we both agreed, Matt. And so now we're not really debating anymore. <laughs> Let's just fire everybody. Let's just uh, fire everybody. Right. 
Well, guys, this was fun, and it actually worked. And I can't tell you how happy I am about both of those facts. Because we skated in at the last minute. We did. We skated in at the we last We skated minute. in like, like literally. I was sliding on this hardwood floor. This is cherry. <laughs> I know. I mentioned that a couple days ago. This is, this is cherry. Cherry you wood did. and cherry. This is like cherry. It's not just cherry. It's cherry, dog. Um, <laughs> so, guys... I feel bad about how much of what we have said on this show would just preclude us from ever winning the presidency. The presidency? Yeah. I probably everything. Yeah, Even cool. like how we say hi to people. City council? Most of it. Yeah. Dog catcher? 42% of it. But I also wouldn't catch a dog. I just, I just snuggle it. I guess I'd catch it, but I'd take it home. Then my wife would foster it. That's true. That's, That's actually true. a good ticket for a dog catcher. Yeah, I will take care of it, it at home. My wife will foster all of the dogs. The cats are on their own. The dogs, I will snuggle them. What are we talking about? I don't know, man. Why is our viewership going up? Why do people tune in more when we're when, saying when like we're doing this nonsense? One of our most rated shows was a show called "Watching This Is Illegal." Well, yeah, you told people not to do it. Prohibition, we're, and you literally understand that the war on our show. We need right. to declare a war on our show. We need the government to declare a war. We need on the our show government to declare Facebook and YouTube take us off. My wife uh, said that she was concerned that um, Liz Warren was going to sue us. And I was like, do you know how awesome that would be if Liz Warren sued us? Anyway, I'm not saying I want to be sued, but if it is, it would be by Liz Warren. I wonder if Chris Reynolds would take that case. Of course he'd take that case. He's Chris Reynolds' attorney at law. (laughs) And there's nothing more personally injuring than being sued by a fake native. So... Guys, hey, hey, I don't know what I, I mean. We nailed the debate. We did. We crushed that. We nailed the post debate. We're nailing that. People like us. It is 13 minutes to my birthday. It is. These are all factual statements I just made. All of them. It, objective, non-subjective Everyone knows that we nailed it. Gary Johnson's dank meme stash brought Dylan Flood here. Dylan, thanks for tuning in. Hey, thanks for t- tuning in, Dylan. Be sure to, to follow, like, what is, he's on YouTube. Yeah, it was on Facebook. Be sure to like us because we do this a lot. We are not. Well, we, are, five days a week. we do this five days a week. Well, we do this three days a week. And Jason, Ly- if you like what we did, but you want it to come from someone who's younger, more dynamic, and has a larger beard than mine? Tune in Mondays and Fridays for Mr. And, well, and Matt's. Even bigger than Matt's beard. Tune in Mondays and Fridays for Jason Lyon with Mr. Mirica, the Beard of Truth, who I have a mild... I'm not sure how to word it. I love him like 
like a like a like a little brother whose beard is bigger than mine. I love him like a little brother that's a communist that you want to fix. Because of the baseball thing? Because of the baseball. Yeah, he doesn't like baseball, and that's troubling. You've got a beard. You live in South Carolina. You have to like baseball. Right. You have to at least be okay with baseball. Like you don't have to be the biggest baseball fan, but you have to you have to be like, well, go Clemson or go USC. You can't say baseball sucks. Didn't Clemson just win the College World Series or whatever? Like, I know that they were in the playoffs. I know that they were doing really well. I don't know if they won though. The football team beat yeah. Alabama. I know that, but I want to say they were doing good in baseball too. Yeah, you can't not like baseball. I didn't, you know, we need to vet a little bit. Yeah, we. Sh- I should have done a better job vetting that guy. But uh, Yeah, that's your fault, definitely. Um, are you a libertarian? Yeah. Where on the libertarian scale are you? Okay, cool. Do you like baseball? Do you no, like baseball? No. Sorry, no, yeah. no, yeah. no but I'm a hardcore anarcho-capitalist. Got it. You're a libertarian socialist. I got it. Right, yeah. You're you're an ANCOM, and, uh, and it shows. But uh, but he's already in and he has a great show. Be sure to tune into him. Show. Be sure he, to tune his in. Show, his show is much more <laughs> faction. Uh, you'll learn a lot more from his show than you will from ours. Uh, oh, you'll learn way more from his show. And his beard is just—he's working on his. Oh, hey, on his... Uh, next week is your one-year anniversary, right? Next year, uh, next week is my one-year anniversary of. My fellow Americans, which is my show, yep. uh, that that is, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing for that show at all. Mm. It's probably just going to be like an "Ask Me Anything" episode, and I'm probably going to get like a cake made out of salmon. <laughs> a cake made of, a salmon cake, a salmon with cake a, with a candle in it. One, just the one candle for one year of my right. show, and. Uh, so, yeah, so tune in Monday nights for, well, Friday night. Tune in tomorrow for Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, where he is going to obliterate the Democratic Party, I assume. Right, yeah. I don't know what he's going to, I don't know what, I'm sure it's going to, I'm going to tune in because I can't even imagine what he's going to do with these last two debates. And then tune in Monday where Mr. America will obliterate whatever happened that weekend. And then tune in Tuesday for my show with Matt, the Muddied Waters of Freedom, uh, which is when we will uh, parse through the week's news with the gentle caress of a of a, of a sledgehammer of a what of a sledgehammer of a sl- <laughs> and then tune in Wednesday night 8 p.m. Eastern ish for my fellow Americans, which is my show, Spike Cohen. That'll be my one year anniversary. No idea what I'm going to do. It's going to be amazing. I'm probably going to title it. Don't watch this. Because that seems to do well for our ratings. Yeah, that does really well. That does well. Don't in fact, you know what? Don't watch anything. How dare you? <laughs> Don't watch and or listen to th- any of this. And then next Thursday is July fourth, so there is no episode of the Writers Block, uh, as we learned last year. Not the best idea to do. Uh, so I am taking the day off and I'm going to go watch us explode things from blow up things from China and Japan uh, in celebration of us uh, 
leaving Britain. Uh, <laughs> it's a day to celebrate a day that lots. Well, it wasn't a day. It was a time when Americans banded together and killed thousands upon thousands of police officers over a roughly 3% tax on tea. Which immediately was put back in place on whiskey. Yes. There's a lesson there about government. But anyway... I feel bad because like our viewership keeps uh, going Michael, up. Michael, we normally stream. Uh, Jason streams at seven o'clock on Mondays and Fridays. Spike and I, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's typically eight o'clock. Yeah, it's usually eight o'clock, uh, or eight o five, or eight. Usually eight ish. Just tune in around eight <laughs> ish. We go live and, and you'll see it when you when you follow us. You got to hit the bell. Is there a bell on Facebook? I don't know. Man. If you're on YouTube, you hit the bell. If you're on Facebook, I don't. I think you say C first or something. I, I don't know. Anyway. 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 So, guys. So, uh, if you wanted to follow us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to follow us, for those of you who aren't, uh, you can follow us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can follow us on the Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can follow us on the Instagram at muddiedwatersmedia. And you can follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media uh you can also if you're if you're into the old school podcasting we're available on pretty much every podcasting service there is or you can find us on anchor at anchor.fm slash muddied waters right yes muddy waters and And you can and you can leave us voice messages there too and we'll we'll play those during the show yes michael ritz we are on youtube and uh you can follow find this every episode of muddied waters media at muddiedwatersmedia.com love it yeah so guys thanks again for tuning in um thank you the internet for working and thank you uh nbc for <laughs> for allowing us to steal for allowing us to steal your content unabashedly which we will continue to do every and guys Every time we can, thank you to corporate media for letting us, well, for not being aware of the fact that we're robbing you. Right. And guys, thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you very, very soon. And where we're going, we don't need roads.
like mine Sometimes darkness is all I find You know what they say about an eye for an eye In a time when the blind lead the blind Who am I to deny when cry when a loved one dies I recognize that body outside When the hole in the body that was alive Now can find a chalk outline Find out how but you never know why It ain't even make it to the news at night It ain't even make it to the news at night That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son That's one of mine All these tears, I close my eyes Open up to only find I'm in line And the pointless murder happened all the time Why?